There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the July. So we're uh, we're gonna talk we're gonna talk all about um, I guess basically what got us into uh, you know punk alternative whatever you want to call it and you know we should probably start with the most important question and uh, I mean you got to look inside yourself for a second to really answer this one but I mean to start to start it off Kyle are you punk yeah. as fuck would you say you're punk as fuck man. <laughs> Oh man, that, that, honestly, like it's such a weird question to answer because like everyone's got their own definition of punk and like what it is to be punk rock or like what your lifestyle is compared to like what people think it should be. And I will say, yeah, in from what I've experienced in my life, I'm punk as fuck. Oh hell yeah, dude! Right. I uh, I mean, from a from an outside perspective, which once again, you know, only 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 one. Uh, I don't remember the exact scripture, but only one can really judge thyself on if they're punk as fuck. But uh, from an outside perspective, I would say you are. And oh, well, thank you. You know, yeah, like I mean, that's a that's a big that's a big compliment. And I mean, you know, look, I I'm a. Uh, I'm like anyone else. I'm probably my own worst critic and, you know, I'm probably hard on myself, but I guess if I look deep enough, I got to say, I'm probably punk as fuck as well. I mean, I, I got to say go. like, yeah, like I, I feel like, I feel like I'm punk as fuck and you're right. It, it's different. It's different for everyone. But, uh, the, I, I think the reason I know I'm punk as fuck is I, is not the fact that I feel that I'm punk as fuck. I just know that I don't feel like a poser. You know what I mean? So I got to be the opposite. Like, I know that I don't feel yeah. like a poser. So it must mean that I'm in fact punk as fuck, you know? And yeah, like we, we, I feel like we really got to get into that, you know, before we even get into the episode, you know, and people, uh, you know, faith, faithful listeners might've uh, heard you on the, on the top five Blink-182 songs. And I mean, if you go back and listen to that, there's like three hours worth of evidence that we're both punk as fuck. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, if they don't want to take our word for it, there is audio evidence of it out there, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I would say, I'd say we're both pretty punk as fuck, you know? And, and it's funny cause I, I like to say it maybe like a couple weeks back, maybe close to a month. I remember on Twitter, there was something got said and I made a joke about being a poser and the, I've told people this a, a billion times is that like everyone's going to be seen as a quote unquote poser because it's like you weren't born doing X, Y, Z. Like you had to be like introduced to it somehow. So unless there's some crazy circumstances, like we all like live in like a, a small bubble of like what a poser could be like viewed as. But like, it really just all kind of depends on like, where you take these influences, whether it's bands, clothes, or celebrities, and like the ideologies, and where you run with it, and what you actually do with it, instead of just saying like, "Oh, I'm punk," like that's cool, but like, what what is it about the 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 lifestyle, the culture, the music that you've embraced and like made it a part of you, and not just 
an image or like a band you listen to. I mean, that basically goes in. It sounds then that, that being a poser is almost as introspective or is as introspective as if you're punk as fuck. It's something that basically you have to answer for yourself. Like if you're, you know what I mean? Like if you're a yeah. poser, you know, you're a poser. It doesn't matter if a hundred other people call it, call you that they're just echoing what you see, I guess in the mirror. I mean, honestly, we're, we're getting a little harsh here. I mean, if you if you feel like you're a poser in your hearts of hearts, I guess you look in the mirror and go, I'm a fucking poser. Yeah. And but like, again, like doesn't entirely mean it's like a horrible thing, but it, it all just depends on the crowd you keep and the people you associate yourself with. There's going to be a million people out there that. I mean, there's, there'll be people listening to this and whatever we say, they'll still be like, oh, these guys are closers. They listen to this band or whatever. But in the end, it's kind of what we've embraced as like, you know what? These things make us punk as fuck. And like kind of going against the grain of what people want to think punk is, is punk in itself. I agree with that. I, I like that. And it's and it's actually, you know, it, it is interesting because as, as, much as, as much as we're kind of sitting here in a way being smart asses were also also there's some seriousness in there with it and it really kind of goes with with what I kind of where I wanted to start kind of the whole thing and and you were kind of bringing it there but like it really does start with with a thing whether it's whether it's a look an aesthetic whether it's an ideology whether it's the music itself like you got to start somewhere even if you are yeah. even if at the end of the day both of us are punk as fuck we we weren't born punk as fuck. It's kind of like you said. Like, wouldn't you agree? No one's really born punk as fuck. You got to become punk as fuck. It's not something you yeah. you kind of pick it up and learn it. You know? Yeah, of course. And then like, however you decide to morph that into you and like kind of like bring it out into the world, like that's going to be like a completely different level of like where people see you as like a punk or a poser or whatever, and then. There's going to be people being like, you know what, that guy, there is something cool about him. There is something different that, whether it's music or whatever, like there's something about that person that like makes them more unique and like off the beaten path. It's just like your stereotypical whatever person. Well, you know, let, let's get, let's get into it then for like you personally, like getting, getting into punk music with alternative music, whatever you want to call it. Cause it depends yeah. what bands we're talking about, but like what drew you in at first? Was it the music? Was it the attitude? Was it the look of it? Like what was the first thing that you would, if you had to think back, what was the first thing that you think drew you in to the whole thing? Um, I think first and foremost, it was probably just like the energy of the music was totally different. Cause I, like I grew up in a family that like everyone listened to, this different genre of music and it was so different. My dad was into like the eighties hair metal. My mom was more contemporary rock and uh, my brothers listened to some punk, but they were starting to trail off once I started becoming like, like aware of the, like the style into like classic rock and hip hop and rap. So like, I kind of got stuck with this genre kind of like given to me by my brothers as like a hand-me-down and i remember listening to operation ivy in my brother's room and just being like what is this not knowing what the genre was but the energy is what really drew me like drove me into that world
Fuck, that's that's a uh, and and honestly, one of the uh, reasons I wanted to do this episode was because we were talking about doing an episode like this after that Blink One Eighty Two episode, and I remember you bringing up Op Ivy as being like your like first band. Where I'm like, that is fucking amazing that you started Op Ivy because I look at it and I go like, to me, there there were steps before before Op Ivy that I had to take. Like now, I mean, they're amazing. Like they're one of my all time favorite bands. They're obviously one of the greatest ska punk bands of all time. I mean, just one of the best of all time. But like, it took me a while to get into that maybe for the reason that you're talking about like the thing the thing that that held me off maybe that was the energy of it that maybe I didn't get it at first sounds like that's what originally like drew you in you know like not even it's not even that they're amazing musicians it's like it sounds like that kind of brash like I want to put words in your mouth but I mean that brash just kind of in your face kind of fast distorted you know just just attitude of it all then it, it sounds like is what kind of drew you into Op Ivy to begin with yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it like it wasn't like I wasn't aware that this genre even existed. It was just I remember sharing a room and my brother had some CDs or cassettes, a mix of both, and I just remember hearing like bands like Operation Ivy and turning into Rancid, um, Silver Chair, um, Mustard Plug, and Social Distortion, Descendants, and these were bands that like my brothers were playing. But the the genre and everything of it, like it was just music to me. I didn't. There was nothing to define it as, except for just a different energy of rock. So I didn't really know until I got a little older what I was really listening to. That's really interesting because I was I was going to ask what what path you would say you went down more after Operation Ivy because you really can you can go down basically two ways. I mean that can go. That can go to the way of, well, after that, I started listening to, you know, like more ska and, uh, you know, things like that. Or it could go the other way where it's like, oh, I started listening to like, you know, really like hardcore punk or like, you know, you know, obviously mm-hmm. rancid, but also going into like even more aggressive shit. But instead, it sounds like you landed everywhere then. Like you didn't really go just one way then. You know what I mean? Like you didn't hear Op Ivy and just become like a ska kid or just a punk kid. No, 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 no. Like... Like up until for me, sixth grade, like is when I finally kind of found like what kind of music I would start to fall into because of everything that my family listened to. And like this punk was just like this hand-me-down thing that I didn't really know at the time. So like, I would just kind of like find the, the cassettes and the CDs that my brothers were listening to and trying to find those songs that kind of drew me in. And it took a while because, you know, their older brothers, they don't want their baby brother touching their crap. <laughs> so I kind of was kind of left to my own devices or just trying to like listen when I can. And for me, like once I got into sixth grade, which was in 99, was when I finally kind of found my band and then kind of really find like, oh, that's what this is. And this is like the greater bubble of it. Like this. In sixth grade is when I kind of found my own path and took my own route to find what I guess what punk is in me. What were uh, what were some bands in '99 that, that would have uh, that would have been kind of your first ones where you called them your own? You know, instead of just like you're saying, like not just a band that because like I think that's the thing. Like when I get into it too, I'll have 
bands that I discovered through someone else where like the first couple bands you listen to are kind of like that. They're associated with someone else. And then you Mm -hmm. start finding shit yourself. Like what bands during that like era during like 99 and like you said, like during sixth grade were the first ones you went, these are my band. Like these aren't my brother's bands. These are my bands. Yeah. So, uh, though it wasn't really explained much or at all in uh, the blink episode, lo and behold, blink was that band. Um, they weren't anything that someone showed me or, you know, anything along those lines. It was just, I, it, it, I remember it so vividly. It was like early first couple weeks of school. And I'm like, I'm old enough to watch MTV. Like <laughs> I'm going to put this on. And lo- like the first music video I saw pop up was Adam song. And I was like, okay, this is cool. It's slow. It picks up kind of heavy ish, you know, quote unquote as a sixth grader. And, uh, all I remember was like, it's a three piece band like green day that my brothers also listen to. And it was my association was like three piece kind of punk band like green day, but slightly different sound, but still, you know, I felt the same. And I was like, this is my band. This is the band. No one introduced me to, and I found it on my own. And that was what started the snowball effect for me. So going into like 99 and super early 2000s, it kind of went cliche as far as like what everyone was starting to listen to at that time, kind of. For me, it was like Newfound Glory, Good Charlotte, Going for Soup. But then there was other bands, you know, little trickle in there that were a little off the beaten path for kids that age. Uh, no Effects, MXPX, Alpine Trio, and... uh I would say probably Trio and Blink were like the the base foundation for what I eventually became as an adult. No, that that's uh that's cool. Those are those are good ones to start with. And I mean, it it sounds like then. I mean, is it safe to say? Um, me and our uh, buddy Zach, who also did that Blink episode with us, me and him did a, a top five drive through releases episode, and we got into it more. But like, is it safe to say for you that you would at that point? buy just shit with the drive through logo on it like were you one of those kinds of people too where it's like if if that like were you in love with it enough like that where it's like if you just saw the logo on something you'd buy it or check it out just because you know of that label oh absolutely my parents were able to give me the money <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah again again this is like like so like the bands I just listed with the Charlotte Trio and Tom Glory no effects like those were basically like carried me through middle school uh including like operation uh, not, uh the offspring green day and even red hot chili peppers like they kind of cover so many different spectrums of music that's punk funk hip-hop you know all that stuff they kind of cover a whole blanket so including them there was you know i had a core right there in like L- uh, middle school that like i clinged on to so hard to the point where uh, actually, I had a. I was just looking this up because I was trying to find it. Um, there was a, a four-song kind of like Green Day Insomniac uh, sampler that my brothers had, mm-hmm. and it had Brain Stew and Brain Stew Dated on it, and then it had Do Da Da, which is which got released way later on like the Shenanigans uh, release with like all the B sides and all, all that stuff. Oh yeah, and there was a good written song. And 
up until kind of re-researching some of this stuff, like I found that sampler, found that song. And I haven't listened to that song probably since maybe early high school because I lost a CD or something. And every word and all, every little hook like came back like I never like stopped listening to it. And it was such a great feeling. Oh, I love I love songs like that. I had one similar um, not too long ago, basically the same thing where um, some 41, their song on the first uh, Spider-Man soundtrack, but the, fir- the very first one in 2003 um, it's what we're all about is the song. And I almost want to say, oh, wow. yeah, like one of the dudes from, from, I think Slayer plays like guitar on it too. But that was like my intro to, uh, some 41. And I listen to that song. I don't even know how many to this day. It's probably one of the most listened to song, like songs I've ever listened to the most in my goddamn life. Like from age, it was like from like third grade. So like, I don't know. I was like nine or 10 from like age. We'll say nine to age, like 12. I listened to that song so many fucking times and then went just years. Like I probably had not listened to that song since like, I don't know. We could even say like, I think 2008 is a fair assessment up until a few months ago. And just same thing. Like you're saying, I hit play on the music video right away. I remembered everything about it. The song. I remembered all the words I could like, there's a rap. It's kind of like fat lip. Like there's a rapping part in it. Like I could fucking rap it. Like I, I remembered all of that. And it's just crazy that it comes back to you like that. You know, that's uh, like, like what other, are there other bands or songs like from that era that do that same thing? Like if, like if I was to just, what are like two other songs? You know, you said like Green Day, like, uh, like what are two more songs or bands that like, if I just played them right now, you know, you listen to in that era and maybe you haven't listened to in a fucking decade, but you would just right away, like you just, just start singing along the second Ooh. that I played them. Oh man, God, that is real tough. I throw the because I don't throw a, softballs, brother. No softballs yeah, no, here. Jeez, <laughs> uh, if I had to kind of throw a couple songs out, um, I mean, Do Da Da is probably number one off the top of my head, just because I just recently heard it. Um, but I will throw another uh, Green Day song out there, um, and it, it, I mean, it was a hit technically but like it definitely doesn't get the recognition in my opinion that i feel like it deserves but uh walking contradiction oh great uh, anytime song. I, as soon as i hear that opening i that's one of those songs i can never just skip i have to listen to it all the way through and it and the same thing like up until maybe i'd say about six years ago it's been a long time since i heard that song and listened to that cd again Walking Contradiction came up and it was just boom, everything came back. Uh, uh, geez, I'd probably say, uh, geez, there's so much. <laughs> there's really so much. Uh, 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 oddly, kind of, uh, I mean, again, actually, no, it was probably not a hit. It was a, it was a Born for Soup track and it was actually not like a girl all the bad guys want, but it was on that same record. That's a great record. Uh, uh hangover you don't, was, uh, or drunk enough to dance, I mean. Yeah, that's it. And it was a song called Emily. Oh fuck yeah, man. That that was actually a single, but it never I don't it never got attention. I think I think everything got eclipsed by uh Girl All the Bad Guys Want. But that that was okay. technically a single. Okay. I didn't even know that. I like, think there's a video like, again, for I'm, it. See, and it's funny because a lot of this stuff, like, I kind of went back and, like, kind of, like, 
kind of like with the Blink top uh, five one, I kind of went back and was like, trying to listen to songs that like I haven't listened to in a while that I like. I'm like, why didn't I like this? And it's the same thing with this. Like I went back and kind of checked out some bands and songs that I really haven't kind of dabbled in in a little while. And it was a great trip down my memory lane for like all these sixth and eighth grade feelings and like thoughts that I had. And again, like back then, it wasn't like there was like a lot of LimeWire happening. I mean, <laughs> Napster was the thing and YouTube didn't exist. So it wasn't like I could just like freely watch these music videos whenever I wanted. So if Emily was an actual like single and maybe they made a video of it, I'm literally just hearing about it now because this stuff wasn't really accessible at that age. So now being a full-blown adult, it's just something that I haven't really thought about. No, and people forget that too. Like, I mean, even like you forget how recent that is. Like, I mean, we're not terribly far apart in age. I'm I'm 27, and I mean, there's if if I look back to like fucking even a decade ago, it's like the the availability that we have to to information, to music, to music, to any to anything. The fact that I mean, you can just pull your phone. You know, I'm I'm the thousandth asshole who have made who's made this point. But the fact that you can pull out your phone now, and I mean, and basically anything like like you it, go search for five minutes, and you can find just about any song that's ever existed. You'll be able to hear it. You'll be able to hear if there's any alternate versions or cover versions. There's probably a wiki page for it. If there's a music video for it, if there's fucking someone did a loot cover of it, you're gonna find the loot cover of that song. Like. You you forget how available that shit is now where it's like, you're right. There was a time where, I mean, really, if I look back to, like, my days of watching Fuse and, like, you know, I don't, oh, man. was Fuse big for you, too? Oh, oh it, that, that was so big for me in, like, high school. What like year, that, what years, that, let, let's oh. see, let's see if we're, if we're talking around same years, like, like, what years would you say were your prime Fuse, Fuse watching Ooh. years? I would have to say it would have been probably oh probably oh maybe oh four oh five to about oh eight oh nine maybe. Fuck, dude. Yeah, we're right. We're like right in the same wheelhouse. I I would say I got Fuse in probably like fall or summer of two thousand three or two thousand four, and uh, yeah, from from oh uh, four until about oh eight. I mean. I, I can't tell you how many bands like out. I mean, just off the top of my head, first time, not even just. I mean, the first time seeing these bands, also hearing them. I mean, first time for Fallout Boy, for Alkaline Trio, mm-hmm. for Hawthorne Heights, for Armor for Sleep, for Bayside, oh, yeah. Taking Back Sunday. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like I'm trying to think of more, like Story of the Year. Like any band that yep. came out during that era or who had a music video during that era. I, I was exposed to it from there. And I mean, like, like you'd see shit too. Like I would, uh, you know, my friends and my cousins and shit would watch like MTV and VH one. And you would see that shit later on, on there, but it's like mm-hmm. fuse, fuse got mm-hmm. that shit first. You would see all that on fuse. another one, all American rejects. First time I ever heard and saw them was oh, on fuse. Yeah. And that was long before, <laughs> you know, eventually they became darlings over on like VH one and MTV but fucking long before you ever saw them yeah. on there, you know, like I was fucking watching them on, on fuse like that. That was just such, just such a huge time, you know what I mean? And you, and that yeah, it's a it good, was. 
it's a good fucking example of what you were talking about, like how if you didn't see it like on there, like on MTV or on Fuse or something, you wouldn't know about it. And it's like, really, dude, that wasn't that long. Like, I mean, yes, it wasn't yesterday, but that wasn't particularly, you know, it wasn't the fucking like, you know, we had color TV and shit. Like, I mean, that was it was around the advent of the iPhone. Like, like it wasn't yeah. so crazy long ago, but really that's the truth. That's how you found music and shit. Like, yeah. Like I was trying to tell my niece cause like, uh, I kind of brought her up a little bit last time, but I was trying to tell her like, there was a, like a meme type thing that popped up recently about like someone making a joke about like, Hey, I'm older than Google, right? I'm older than YouTube. And I told my niece like, yeah, when I was your age, like YouTube didn't exist yet. And she's in eighth grade right now. And I was trying to tell her, like, YouTube for me didn't even really start up until, like, I was a senior in high school. And so, like, even that, like, my basis to find music was either through friends, MTV, Fuse, and then uh, I had Comcast growing up and they had this thing called music choice oh fuck yeah dude i love music choice the the alternative music choice channel really blew up for me as far as the accessibility of finding more bands and when i i think probably about eighth grade and freshman year was was pivotal music choice years for me because that's where i almost everything i started listening to at that point and it was songs that like were they hits? Yeah, but they weren't the biggest hits. Like I remember hearing Senses Fail for the first time, but it wasn't Buried Alive. For instance, it was Steven. Oh shit! Yeah, they're going back to the yeah. first EP. Yeah, and I remember w- listening to that song and like hearing the lyrics and being like, "This is raw! Like this is so cool!" And then like Timberwolves at New Jersey from Came Back Sunday. Like that was my first exposure. Not You're So Last Summer or Q Without the E. And uh, 70 times seven from brand new, like bands that like some would almost consider their old stuff, like almost kind of punk. But like for me, that was like, like core emo music. Like, yes, there was Promise Ring and like Sunday Real Estate, you know, even before that. But like, I like early brand new, that was an emo band to like my generation to start. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would have, uh, not music choice, but Fuse, I would have heard uh, fucking Sit Gloria Transit or whatever it's called. That would have been my first taste of mm-hmm. him. Yeah. How about those fucking, uh, those those fun music facts on music choice? You remember those, the facts that would uh, come up on the screen? Oh, absolutely. That was like, you know, that's kind of, it's funny because back when I was in sixth grade, um, when I first heard Blink, one of my favorite little stories was, uh, like probably I'd say two weeks into listening to the band specifically just on MTV. I thought I was like the, the biggest fan. I thought I knew all this shit. And a buddy of mine was like quizzing me and he goes, Hey, what's, uh, what are all their middle names? And I knew Mark and Tom's. <laughs> I couldn't even guess what uh, Travis's was. And I only said it because there was a kid in my class named this. And I'm like, his name's uh, Travis Landon Barker. And lo and behold, I found out that was his actual middle name. I was like, <laughs> I just thought I made that up. Like, this is awesome. So then, like, music choice started coming around and giving off all the more facts. 
And I was just absorbing all this information. I thought I was like becoming like a pop punk, punk rock, like genius with all these little factoids about bands that like no one really cared to know about, but I wanted to tell them about it. Yeah, like fucking like, and it's insane to think now because no one would really like, honestly, I think music choice is still around, but I highly doubt like people who are like, you may get old people now who like still use that, but I can almost guarantee you like people, people who are like our age not or who are now the age that we were when we were using that, like in our teens, there's not teenagers listening to music on their TV now. Like that does not fucking exist. No, they just pull up a Spotify playlist. Yeah, and that, now here's another one now. Now that we're on the same page with Music Choice, you may have had this. I had a Time Warner cable, and we had videos on demand eventually where you could go and fucking you'd get all the videos that were, like, playing on Fuse at the time. you get, like, that Avenged Sevenfold Backcountry, fucking Ohio's <laughs> for Lovers, you know, all the, all the fucking jams of the day were on there. But one of the best, and you got to tell me if you ever watched these, these were really good. Fucking sessions at AOL. Did you ever get any of those? Oh, the the AOL sessions were so cool because it was yes. like an intimate like like concert for no one but you because it didn't have a crowd. And you just, I just, yeah, those were, yeah, we had those on demand as well. I those were love sick. those. There's, uh, I mean, for people, for for the posers out there who don't know what we're talking about, for all the poser-ass motherfuckers who are maybe listening to this, um, I'll try my best to unposer your ass. It won't be easy, but I will try my hardest. And uh, if you School don't fun. know, yeah, I'm schooling them, dude. Like, I'm schooling them right now. Like, if you don't know Sessions at AOL, I mean, back in, like, 04, 05, 06, Sessions with like Blink One Eighty Two, with Green oh. Day, with My Chemical Romance, with even outside yeah. of that, like Paul Westerberg, The Replacements, one of my favorite bands, um, Yellow Card, like fucking, like basically any band that you can think of that was like in this punk scene, punk alternative emo scene of like, you know, the mid two thousands. Um, they probably had a sessions that if they were anything, if that band meant shit to anybody. Yeah they probably have a sessions at AOL out there, which you should go find because a lot of those performances were really goddamn good. There were some solid ones on there. Are, are there any you can remember that like pop out? Like for me, like uh, my chemical romance, I'm not okay. I remember that was a really good one. I, I don't know exactly what they were doing, but they were like fucking around while they were performing. And there were a few parts of it. that were actually really funny. Like anytime I'd watch them, you would, you'd get a really good laugh out of it. Yeah, um, a couple of that, I mean, obviously for me, I mean, the Blink one obviously sticks out a lot. Um, there, there's a Fall Boy one. There was, um, I know, because uh, uh, I kind of brought them up earlier, there was a Red Hot Chili Peppers one that I thought was pretty damn solid. Oh, I think I saw that too during like uh, Stadium mm-hmm. Arcadium era. Uh, I, yeah, 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 I would say about that. Like, I think it was about my maybe yeah probably about my senior year ish like five oh six. yeah that'd be state yeah that'd be stadium arcadium yeah i do remember i do remember those sessions those were uh those were fucking good yeah and because like even like like in my brother's era it was like the the version of that was like the mtv unplugged yeah that's true that's uh people forget those too unplugged there's some uh obviously i mean everyone like knows nirvana 
But I feel like oh, outside course, yeah. of that, like a lot of people don't realize that whole fucking un- unplugged series and uh, how many good how many good bands did those. Yeah, I think even and I could be totally wrong about this, but I think I don't want to call it recent because it really wasn't. But maybe it was like I don't know, oh seven, oh eight, maybe. I think uh, All Time Low had some sort of yeah, they like, did, they did the unplugged thing. Yep, it was it was. I remember buying that back when I was uh you know what? You know what, folks? Back when I was a poser ass because uh I got to say All Time Low's kind of a poser band. Send the hate mail. Send the hate mail, but that shit's kind of poser. I will say this though because they are about the same age. Like I remember thinking like once I actually kind of listened to them, I'm like, yeah, you know, I guess they're all right. They're about my age, like makes sense. But I used to hate them so much just because A, they were about my age and they were successful. And it was right in the time of music when like right when I graduated, when I kinda like I found what I listened to and I stopped searching for new music for a few years. And one of my best friends listened to All Time Love. And I was just like, ah, it's okay, I guess. But there is one song. I think it's on an EP of theirs. It's called Hit the Lights. Yeah, that's a good and one. That it, is, that's an old ass that, one. Yeah, and that's probably my favorite song of theirs because it's just, I don't know, it, maybe it's just because it doesn't sound so polished and clean like all their stuff is. But that was like the song, like, okay, I can get into this band. And I kind of did for a little while, but like I stopped after like two records. Oh, I, I, I started by not liking them. Back in like the MySpace era during fucking their first oh. album, I was not a fan. And then during like Nothing Personal, I heard a couple songs. Actually, here, I'll be honest. I think it was because Mark Hoppus was in the uh, waitlist video that I gave them another chance. And I, mm. I started listening and I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't bad. And I probably listened to them for like three or four years. I even saw them live once or twice. But honestly, just okay. the last like... I don't know, five or six years. Like I, I think somewhere around 2014 was maybe the last time I really ever enjoyed listening to an all time low song. And ever since they've just, they're a band that I listen to now and I've regressed and I now dislike them. Like I did in like 2000, like seven, I've regressed back yeah. to that where it's like, <laughs> I'm just not into the, like, not even in a way where I'm like, Cause like, look at there's bands now where like Fallout Boy, I could give two shits about a new Fallout Boy album. I have no, I like, I'm yeah. not gonna listen to that, but I will still go listen yeah. to take this to your grave. Like that isn't ruined oh. for me. Whereas all time no, low, all. yeah, and like with all time low, I don't do that. It's like I don't go back and listen to those old albums. I just overall don't like them at all. Now, can I ask you because yeah. this may be a reason why you didn't like them either. We're kind of old fucks in this way because we remember this. <laughs> I know you're going to remember this era, but people forget at this point. But when Blink-182 was broken up and All Time Low really started and they were kind of the neon, you know, they were, teen, they were like fucking 17 and they had all that neon. But they also mm-hmm. did a lot of shit that was just mimicking Blink-182, like to a point where if you were a fan of Blink-182, I think sometimes you would look at that band and think of them as a joke. I think that was part of my thing too, where I'm like, they're doing this shit in their underwear. They were covering damn it. And all the small things like, like to the point, like, look at, I mean, obviously thousands and thousands of pop punk bands have ripped off Blink-22. It's not like they were the first one to do that, but I feel like they did it so on the nose and they would, that they were being successful too, that I think part of that rubbed me the wrong way. Like, like did that, do you feel like that played a role for you at all? Cause I can nowadays, obviously, 
it's not like that. But back then, before they really had an identity, where now they have their own identity, they're their own band. I think there was a time where I disliked them because they really were just fucking Blink-182 light. Yeah, that's a totally fair assumption. Because, yeah, like, like once Blink split, like I remember, like, that day, like, crying in the fucking hallway at school, like, being, like, a wreck because my favorite band was no longer a band anymore. And that probably was maybe the reason why I kind of had, like, a, a music hiatus for a while because there was just no one that could do that for me anymore after, you know, after they split. You know, Angels and Airwaves came up and kind of did that for me in a different point in my life. But with All Time Low, it was just like they popped up out of nowhere. And, like, I guess it was also, like, they covered Blink. They used to be a Blink cover band, I found out, which I didn't know. Oh, but, yeah, uh, you're right. They were. Yeah. I forgot about they, that. They, they did were. the whole, yeah, they, they did the whole underwear thing. And, like, even, like, their hair, like, I thought was stupid. And <laughs> and I remember, I, I guess this was, like, the, the, the little sad boy emo Kyle, like in high school later on, was like, Why do all these like girls think these guys are like so, you know, like they're all super skinny and like weird looking, weird hair? And I'm like, I was like a, a two sport athlete all through high school, like kind of emo hair, but I was buff. And I was like, Oh man, I'm the best of both worlds. And no one wanted shit with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, Damn, these skinny all time low. I don't know. These neon motherfuckers. Yeah. Glamour kills wearing fucking bitch ass motherfuckers. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember like there was bands I totally passed up on like uh, uh, May uh, was getting big right around that time. Big ish. Uh, June. uh, There was a couple other bands of like that kind of like uh, oh the Rocket Summer. Like, yeah, just weird kind of poppy. I don't. I don't know. I don't poppy rock fans. That, it was like, the neon era. Blink. It was the, yeah. It was... It just, I just it just rubbed me the wrong way, and I just hated. Like I almost hated pop punk music just because of that scene that came that came out of Blink's like breakup. Oh, I think I think a lot of that music. There was really the dark ages. The reason why I think pop punk got so big again in like the early 2010s with like, you know, Man Overboard and the Wonder Years and Handguns and Transit and the story so far and all those different bands was it kind of, you know, all those bands gave a resurgence, which by in my opinion, by like 2015, 2016, it was all fucking pushed in the ground once again, just like had happened the, Mm -hmm. the, the decade prior. But it's the it's the same thing, like. Pop punk was so vibrant in the early 2000s with Drive Through Records and Blink-182 and all all those bands coming out, you know, and Green Day having a resurgence and, you know, just a lot of bands doing a lot of good. And then, yeah, by the time they broke up, if you look at the second half of the early 2000s, Blink-182 is gone. Pop punk is a lot more poppy than it is punk, and it's neon as fuck and weird. They've everyone has weird fucking hair. Everyone has weird, weird. fucking p- tight pants and a purple shirt There's with a fucking pig crazy on it. Shirts, yeah, yeah, that dumbass freaking, that shit that makes no sense. <laughs> Dude, I was just you just you're saying you're pulling the words out of my mouth. I'm literally about to say like fucking a gorilla with like neon glasses on, like fucking Godzilla riding a whale, like in, in some fucking terrible bright color. Like, I mean, really super yellow or pink. Yeah, fuck yes, dude. I mean, like the best way to put it is 
Metro Station toured with pop punk bands at that time. Like Metro Station fit in with what was going on. Are you? I was about to say, are you puking on that? Are you dry heaving, dude? <laughs> Which look at. I'll oh even full disclosure. I owned that album, and I think I still own that album. No. I've not listened to it in no. years, dude. I will. I will call my shit out. I will call myself out. But I'm still. That is still showing. The, that era that that's what was coming yeah. out like that was what yeah. and then same with like drive through records look at w- what drive through records was putting out by 2006 2007 was not what was oh like like they're my favorite label of all time but even i admit it's like dude their output in 2006 versus 2003 are night and fucking day like they are not the same yeah, yeah like no. i mean the, the last the very last band that uh, drive through released anything from up until the stellar life in like 2011, but like their first run, like their first, their last release was like secret, secret dino club, which if it, I'm not going to, you know, I, I mean, I know I'm already talking shit on here and I don't want to talk shit too much, but it's like, if you don't know what that is, go look it up. And just even from a picture, you can get a good idea of what it is and look at, there's a time and place for that. Same with Metro station. I'm not going to tell you it's the worst thing in the world. But it's not pop punk, and the fact that that's what it became was a really bad fucking thing. The other thing, actually, and I didn't think about it now, I was thinking about this way earlier in the day when I was getting ready for this, and you've kind of brought it out of me, but I would almost put blame on, if we go a little earlier than that, you got to remember, there was that time where a lot of, like, fucking dudes from, like, there's literally, like, multiple ones um, like dudes who are in boy bands who branched out, did their solo career and they deemed, and they were like edgy and like punk and pop punk when it, when it really, you know what I mean? It wasn't like the dude had on mm-hmm. eyeliner and like fucking frosted tips or some bullshit and started wearing like black clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like fucking, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's the one? There's a few of them, but, uh, I think is it Ashley Parker angel. I think's one of them that I remember. And oh he, wow! Yeah, dude, he he was in a boy band. I can't remember what one, but like, he, uh, yeah, he, he this, had, this is yeah, no, he was. In, I think he was in a band called O Town. If I okay, yes, yes, I think I think you're right, which, dude. Which I'll even backtrack a little bit more and say a big dark period for me was <laughs> in the era that I found Blink in sixth grade. Boy bands took over the fucking world, so I will fully admit here that I listened to Insane. I listened to Backstreet Boys. I listened to these boy bands because I didn't. I, it was just it was what was available to me, you know. Do you? And yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. Say it. Say it. <laughs> well, no, I was just gonna ask if you think it's fly when the boys stop by for the summer, for the summer. Uh, <laughs> oh man. I'll say this: I did like girls that wore Abercrombie and Fitch, but oh hell I yeah, dude! Port, I lived on the poor side of like my school's <laughs> district. I couldn't bag one of those girls that I tried. Oh hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Damn, I'm here. I'm here wearing like super baggy like shorts that can be turned into pants with a zipper at the knee. Wait, are I we got, talking like, present day? Or are we talking back in the night? Are oh, we talking ninety nine to two thousand twenty? <laughs> Wait, did they stop making those? <laughs> no, like yeah, it was just like that was the thing. It was just like I I, I try to find like the coolest stuff and like those zipper pants that turned into shorts. And I had like a good Charlotte shirt and I had like a, a, a fox racing like like fitted hat that I'd wear like crooked. And I thought like I was like cool as shit. And 
I couldn't bag a, a, like a quote unquote preppy girl. And then like all time low comes out years later and bagging those girls. I'm like flipping tables. Like, come on. <laughs> well, there is, you know, that, that I think that is the other thing too, is like, I, I think part of it is pop punk kind of became that. Whereas, yeah, if you look at the dudes like who were, who were writing, who, who were basically, I mean, who were the pop punk bands of like the late nineties, early two thousands, I feel like a lot of them were a lot more relatable in a lot of ways and were just kind of down-to-earth dudes where later on they were kind of like, I mean, for lack of a better term, I guess, pretty boys. And not even just that, but it became more of an aesthetic. Like, like sure, you always had, oh, like a Dickies, you know, your Dickies pants, your Hurley shirt. Like, I'm not, obviously, that wasn't new. But I don't think you had so much the thing of, like, straightening your hair, how much eyeliner you were wearing, or, like, if you're fucking, like, Converse where you know like were you wearing the right high tops or your pants tight enough like shit like that it became more of it just became more of that and more of same with like we were talking about earlier with the merch basically a contest to see you could make the stupidest looking fucking merch like it became truly like that was the thing it's like we could spend time writing good songs or we could spend that time trying to come up with the dumbest designs that we can think of like how else yeah how can we incorporate another cat with uh, neon glasses and a dinosaur riding a skateboard? Like, how do we incorporate that into this? Yeah. In space into this t-shirt. Like it became, I think a lot more of that. And the other thing too, which I always say is part of it is I feel like it lost the punk part because when you look at bands who came out around the the era of Blink-182, Blink-182 were listening to all those earlier bands who were less poppy than them, like Descendants, like Gorilla Biscuits, like mm-hmm. the Ramones, like fucking, uh, I mean, the Damned, oh. like Screeching Weasel, like All, like, I mean, Bad Religion, like all these bands were obviously heavier than them. So, I mean, what Blink-182 did with that is they took that punk influence of bands who were actually punk and they added melody, a melody to it, and that's what made it pop punk. Now, what happens after that? is you get people who around the time of like all time low and whatnot. And I won't even say them cause who knows, maybe I'm fucking putting words in their mouth and those dudes are yeah, huge yeah, fans yeah. of like crass and Fugazi. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe they're huge fucking crass fans, but like my theory of it is by 2008, there's a lot of people who are getting into pop punk and the oldest pop punk they're getting into is blink 182. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. now, now their reference is poppy as can be it's been it's been diluted you know what i mean like you take oh, that yeah, you yeah. take that original sound that blink 182 built off of but now you have bands who have no clue about those bands that made blink 182 one what they were they don't know who the fuck screeching weasel is they don't know who all is like they don't know who the misfits are like they don't know that shit and they're basically they know the logo though yeah they know the look yeah their poser asses are wearing are wearing the shirts <laughs> But it's like, yeah, like they're and look at these are some of my favorite bands. But if you're if your reference for punk is drive through records, like there's a problem there, you know. What I, and I'm saying that by they're my favorite label of all time. But if you think that that's all there is and that's what you're going off of, you're missing yeah, a lot when, of elements of what makes pop oh, punk yeah, pop when, punk. When you stop the train at a particular stop and you don't go any further than that, you're it like. Yeah, you can do that. You'll be happy wherever it is that you end up musically because it's your choice in the end. But, like, it's almost – I'm not saying you have to, but 
it's, it's I heavily encouraged to go back and listen to those bands that influenced your favorite band and see what really made them them. Because, like, I'll say this, like, Blink's my favorite band, and it took me years to, like, kind of go back and, like, really actually listen to The Descendants. Because, like, my brother's listening. Again, I didn't really recall this, but, like, my brother's had CDs. And I remember listening to all. Like, this is a huge, huge one for me because I listened to them. And I, I, I come to find out that my guitar playing and like the way I write riffs isn't Blink style. It's fucking all. Like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I, I, I remember listening to an all record and I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, I'm vibing on the music and I'm like listening to the chords and I'm like predicting chord progressions. And I get, I know it's, you know, it's pretty simple to follow, but like, like just even like the little fifth notes that were being thrown in there, like were the exact notes that like I was picturing in my head. I was like, holy shit, I've written like this exact riff. Holy shit, I've done this one too. And I'm like, holy cow, like I'm glad I went back and I checked this out because it wasn't really Blink's influence on my guitar playing, which obviously it was, but really all was really the deeper influence. And I would have had no idea if I didn't like almost go back and kind of like hear specs. Oh, fuck, dude. I mean, yeah, if you go back and, and he's a great example of that, uh, Stefan, he, because he's the only guitar player in that band. And instead of just trying to play one guitar, he successfully is really good at playing rhythm and lead at the same time. And it like, like in a way that I feel like a lot of bands don't do as well. Like, I think that's a good one to be based off of, but also, I mean, that's direct influence on those bands. I mean, listen to like a song like Silly Girl and what he's doing on guitar in there. That's directly what like what Tom ended up doing in his style. Like his style is directly taken, which once again, you know, it becomes diluted and you do your own style. But I mean, mm-hmm. the shit that he's doing in Blink is not too far off. You know, I would definitely say Stefan's uh, the more technical player and a better player. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can see right away where the influence comes from, where you go, oh, yeah, that's how he influenced Tom, like, 100%. Like, you hear that shit right away, you know? And and once again, yeah. he's a good he's a good example of that because it's not a band. Descendants aren't a band who have a rhythm and lead or even have three guitars. All you have is one guitar player who is being melodic, you know, and throwing these, these leads in there. And basically, like you were saying, too, like, throwing those fifths and stuff that uh you know embellish it and go like you know hey i'm trying to you know i i'm there's only one guitar player here so i got to play some chords and whatnot but i'm also going to embellish it and do this and that so it sound like sounds like i'm doing more you know so i'm not so my guitar is not boring you know if you will he's a he's a good example that in bands bands of that later era you don't hear that like once again i'm not even talking shit on these bands but like we the Kings, Boys Like Girls, All Time Low, The Rockets, Summer, Metro Station, Cobra Starship. I mean, the list goes on. None oh, of wow. those bands, none of those bands sound like they're listening to the Descendants. You know what I mean? And I'm sure those dudes did. Like, I'm sure Gabe Supporta yeah. listened to the Descendants oh, in his youth. Like, his other bands, obviously Midtown and shit, like, obviously yeah. he listened to that stuff. But those bands weren't taking that influence anymore. You know, and, and to be yeah. fair... A couple of those bands I mentioned, like Cobra Starship, really probably weren't looking to be pop punk. Like, I mean, I think they got grouped in partly because of who Gabe was and also because of their association with, like, Fall Out Boy and whatnot. But it's like... Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's like, I don't know if it's totally fair to say, oh, well, they don't sound just like Descendants because it's like, well, maybe they weren't always trying to. But still, what I'm getting at is no matter if they're trying to or not, there was a time and place 
where that was considered pop punk by the masses. And there's a problem when that's what's considered it. It doesn't mean that music's not good or that you can't like it, but there's an issue if that's what's considered fucking, you know, pop punk. I mean, it's the same thing where if like, if Slipknot was considered pop music, I would say there was a problem with pop music and not, I mean, they're popular in that genre, but what I'm saying is if that's what all of a sudden tomorrow became what like Britney Spears and Maroon five and like top 40 music was, I'd say there was an issue there because you've went so far from what made that original product, what it was that it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not recognizable anymore. And you know, that's, that's my thing with that neon pop punk. I mean, sure. There were bands who had synthesizers and were probably trying to do things that didn't sound just like, you know, the descendants or blink 182 or Lagwagon or, you know, new use for a name, but still you're within that genre and what you're doing is just so bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Just so and, not good. And like a mild skip ahead, but you kind of led right into it for me is that like, like you said, like, you know, these bands were starting to like use synthesizers and some of this just really kind of odd poppy, you know, flair to a, a punk pop, genre whatever you want to call it but just like turning it up to 11 with the, the poppiness the the thing that actually saved me as far as like reigniting the flame to get back into music was a band that was heavy with synthesizers but on a heavier scale was like four years strong Ooh, good exa- yeah you know what see and that's a good example because that's a band who can go the other way and still incorporate that shit but still be like yeah, we still listen to those, but you know what I mean? You can listen to them and go like, oh yeah, those guys still like, they, they, they know their roots and they like wear their influence on their sleeve and they're not trying to do something so crazy or out, you know, left field. Instead, they incorporate that with the, you know what I mean? With the, I think instead mm-hmm. they incorporated synthesizers with pop punk. You know what I mean? Like instead of, instead of being a pop punk band, you started fucking things up with like synthesizers they went in as a pop punk band and then added synthesizers in there kind of later and it just worked, you know, it worked way better. Basically yeah, easy. It was, it was core. A, it, and that's, that's, uh, that's almost like what kind of ends like the, my core of like music as far as like where I kind of, once I landed where I landed with Blake and you know, the early pop punk stuff, like where I kind of like almost cut myself off officially because I kind of found almost the entire window of music that I want to stay within and I kind of arrowized the style. It kind of ended with kind of the easy core, heavy pop punk scene because it gave me kind of like that feeling from first hearing Operation Ivy. It was a different energy uh, that I was, you know, not used to in the genre anymore. It was heavy and breakdowny, and but still light and like pop punky and portions and i remember in like 0809 like i remember because now at this point youtube was kind of up and running kind of doing this thing i remember just searching easy like easy core like pop punk breakdowns 2009 <laughs> and it'd just be a compilation of just breakdowns from like bands in that genre and i remember finding so many bands off of those like breakdown compilation videos it was nuts that's rad. Like I and and look at it. Like I'll be honest. I never got 
totally into easy core. I mean, obviously newfound glory there for a while, what they were doing was considered easy core and some really good stuff at that four years strong, um, early wonder years, I guess some of that would be mm-hmm. cause it kind of goes to the same thing where like easy core really was pop punk. Basically it was just called something else there for a while. Like, I mean, yeah, it, I remember, uh, I remember in the early MySpace days, one of like those bands were coming up, they called it happy hardcore and beard core. <laughs> yeah. And, and the easy core thing was kind of like maybe it's third or fourth like kind of genre name but i remember seeing it on like pure volume and myspace as happy hardcore and i'm like that's fucking cool you know what's odd though too and i never really thought about this but how divided the scene was at that point because basically you had two things going on easy core and neon pop punk which were both kind of under the same genre under the same roof of you know pop punk but you yeah. had them at such like think about what was going on at that time. There was no happy medium. Bands were either really neon and poppy as could be, and like you know so synth heavy. But then there was the other end of it, which was still synth heavy. But the drummers had you know were using double bass pedals. Like there's breakdowns. They're playing in like drop D, and uh, you know other other fucking insane uh, drop tunings and stuff like. It's so weird if you think about the disconnect of, you know, you could look at look at one band of that extreme of I'll use I'll use Metro Station again. Use Metro Station, which a lot of people would consider pop punk, and then go look at a day to remember, which at the same at the same time, while under Easy Core, is still a pop punk band. And once again, touring both those bands are touring warp tour. Both those bands were touring with pop punk bands, like isn't that crazy the extremes yeah. that things were at the time? Like when you think about it, there weren't really a happy medium at the time. No. Cause like, I remember like, like, so like, so kind of pedaling back for a split second. I remember finding bands. Uh, there was a zoomies couch tour that the skate shop would do from the malls. Oh, they I remember would, like, that. Do, like, yeah. And I remember seeing Alistair and the starting line Ooh. perform. And I, it was like the craziest thing ever because that was like for me that was like the new you know pop punk like emo band because that's just kind of how things were for me. Um, so like I listened to that stuff, whatever. And then when the whole neon thing came, and I kind of shrugged off music, I held on to the starting line, Alistair, even some yellow card, and you know like you know drive through bands, and and I, uh, I that's that's where I stuck. So like when people started like freaking out about like neon bands, like me, I was like, Ugh, neon is like terrible. There's people like freaking out at like, you're stuck in your ways. You're too lame or whatever. I don't know. So then once the easy core thing popped up, like I totally was on board and yeah, it was just, you either found people that were just like you or there was people that just absolutely despised you because it's too heavy to be pop punk with breakdowns and blah, blah, blah. And then there's Easy Core kids. Like, if Neon didn't exist, Easy Core would have blown up way earlier. Because, like, I think uh, Rise or Die Trying from uh, from Four Year Strong came out in like '06. Yeah, you forget. You know, they're a good example of that. Like, because I always think of them as like being being kind of. I associate them with like. I don't know, 2008 or so that era, but you forget that. Oh, yeah. eight, oh, nine. And, and that's the thing is I associate them like that era, but it's like, you forget. Yeah. They were a band at like, Oh, three, Oh four. I think they started. And that first album. Yeah. It was even, out by Oh six. 
even a, a day to remember. I remember senior year seeing kids in like a day to remember shirts and not knowing what the band was at that time. And I saw the kids who were wearing them kind of being like the kind of the emo, skinny, kind of hard, quote unquote, hardcore kids. Um, and that was like, for some of them, the heaviest they went was like, the day to remember is like the heaviest band. And seeing them all of a sudden in like 09 kind of being like, they were like, oh yeah, they were a pop punk band with heavy elements, which still once in a while I listen to early the day to remember. And I, it's still hard for me to hear the quote unquote, like pop punk elements of it a little bit, but like, yeah, it was like all of a sudden like 08, 09 came and it was just like all of a sudden this resurgence of those bands that like, if neon didn't happen, the easy scene would have started way earlier and would have been in the forefront of what I guess like mid two thousand pop punk would have become instead of neon. Yeah, that yeah, I guess I guess you're right. It would have been interesting seeing like the like what would have happened from there. Cause yeah, Easy Core kind of had its had its window, but I feel like it was pretty short lived. I mean I'd say Easy Core for the most part existed like probably longer, but I mean like I I guess within within mainstream sense or whatever, maybe had like two or three years where maybe people were really calling themselves that. I mean, it, do you feel like that's yeah. fair? You would know more than I would. Oh, absolutely. About like yeah, no, years. that scene. Yeah, that scene, like, uh, like, the, yeah, I mean, I obviously just said like a day to remember, uh, Fire Strong, but like around that time for me, like there was a band like uh, City Lights, um, Carousel Kings, uh, uh, and uh, uh, Hit the Lights, who were not really considered easy core by any means when the first record came out, where they were just like an emo pop punk band. And then the second album came out, and it had more of the breakdown elements and a switch in vocalist. And that kind of filled that almost neon to pop punk gap, or neon to easy core gap, because they did the bright colors, they did the glamour kill stuff. And all that, but they incorporated like heavier elements, but still keeping the music like relatively light. And that scene, really, yeah, it didn't really last all that long. Like up until I'd say, like a solid three years, maybe it really kind of went strong. It died out, kind of resurged a small bit in like 2015 for a couple like years. But like it always kind of ride, rode this wave of just kind of like staying out of like the mainstream eyes, but they had big bands like Newfound Glory and the Day to Remember once they blew up that were supporting these like kind of easy core pop punk bands. And that's how a lot of people got exposed to it was because of these bigger bands sort of pulling these younger kind of small pop punk easy core bands out from like the underground to bigger stages and it lasted a couple of years and fell out again, but it was, it was a hell of a time for that genre and like the fans that kind of came out of it. It it blows my mind. Like still today when uh, I see the data, remember plays like arenas. Cause like, I still remember like 2008, uh-huh. I was going to see fucking newfound glory and they were one of the opening bands. It's like, they're fucking like, how did that band, which good for them. I mean, I've never, I don't dislike them. I've just never, I owned homesick. I, I liked that album for like in like 2010. I liked that album. It's like, I've no, I'm nothing against them. I'm, I'm saying it's like, I really have nothing against them. I've just never been a big fan, but it's insane to remember them 
from back in the day, like you were talking about too, like when you would see kids wearing a lot of like that one fucking like a Donkey Kong shirt had Donkey Kong or Pac-Man or something mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, there were a yeah. couple of those that I just feel like if you were if you were in high school during like a four year window, you probably if there was a hot topic in your town, you probably saw that shirt in your fucking high school. Like on mm-hmm. at least a few kids. Like, I mean, they were definitely a band that I probably saw a T shirt long before I ever heard any of their songs. You know, like yeah, they, absolutely. they but like that's the thing is even then you go like, well, they were they were a small like band that would like open for newfound glory and play clubs and shit. And yeah, to see them now playing arenas and the fact that they get played on like mainstream commercial radio and like shit like that, it's like it's crazy. There, I guess there's a couple different bands like that throughout the years that, that it blow my mind like that, but they're one of them where I go and, and, you know, once again, much deserved. I know they've been doing it for years and really were the biggest band. I would say of the easy core era minus probably oh, yeah. newfound glory, but it's newfound glory is not fair because they were already huge by that time. You know, they were kind of the yeah, forefathers. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like it's yeah. not as fair to be like, you know what I mean? It's like it's like what Blink-182 did for like early 2000s pop punk. Like Blink-182 was in their own realm. There were so many bands who were successful in that time who never if you look at numbers, they probably had like a gold record versus Blink-182 is selling ungodly amounts of albums. But it's unfair mm-hmm. to, to you know to make Blink-182 the gold standard because there were tons of bands who didn't sell 20 million records, but they did sell a million or 2 million. You know, it's like one of those things mm-hmm. where yeah. Newfound Glory is kind of unfair to put in there. So, yeah, if you're talking about the bands who kind of spawned from uh, that era, I mean, A Day to Remember easily has to be the biggest yeah. one. And you brought up, oh, too, you, you brought up Hit the Lights, and they're one that I kind of forgot about in the sense of they deserve some credit because they exist in a oh. really weird spot because you're right, they existed in the neon era, but they also, that first album and shit came out early 2000s like they they have a release that they did uh from ohio with love that they did with hawthorne heights when hawthorne heights was still a day in the life and that's like 2002 we're talking so i mean they existed they existed in the realm of drive-through records and the burst of blink 182 and all those bands but then they also existed during the era of neon and the breakdown and you know thing things like that and then afterwards too that whole you know really post because you look at a like invicta and what they did like on there totally different from like mm-hmm. the neon pop punk and like you know yeah. a, a band who uh i mean i've always been a fan of but yeah i kind of slipped my mind as we were talking about earlier like if you want to talk about a happy medium they kind of existed somewhere in there you know where at times they were extremely maybe on the neon side but they also had a heavy side to them and they also could just write a good pop punk song you know like i, I, I yeah think, like Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, dude. Oh, no, sorry, dude. Uh, go, go ahead. I was letting you talk, dog. Oh, no, no. Like, so, like, like that first, uh, that, that full length from uh, Hit the Lights, that, uh, was it? This is not a stick up or something. Yeah, don't uh, make it a murder. Yeah. It's a long ass title. Don't make it a murder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always forget that. I know murders in the second part. I always forget what it is, though. But, like, that first album was so solid and, like, front to back. That's like, one of those records for me where I can pretty much listen to front to back without skipping a song. But yeah, like that, like record was out before the neon scene. So for me, like I remember first hearing that record of along the same times of I, I was getting into like the starting line and Alice 
Cancer and like some of the drive through bands and they were just kind of there and they kind of existed with also like bands like for me like Taking Back Sunday and Brand New like where Taking Back Sunday and Brand New were more leaning on like the actual quote unquote emo side of the music and Alistair in the starting line were more on the pop punk side of that and even then like they filled like that happy medium between those two genres and they kind of they were almost like chameleons in the scene where they always like whatever was hot at that moment, they could just morph themselves to accommodate uh, the, the style of the genre that was in at that time. And to their credit too, I think you're right in that they did that. But at the same time, I think they also did it very well where it was never, you know, never felt disingenuous. You know, it never felt like they were doing a cookie cutter version of what was going on. They were doing the best. Like if we're talking about like, including that, like we're talking like, neon era pop punk one of the best albums is probably uh skip school start fights i mean like they did that Mm -hmm. very well you know before that with uh yeah with the first record i mean the kind of emo slash pop punk of that era where it was kind of turning and you had more of the senses fail hawthorne heights kind of uh you know screen a little bit of screaming and stuff in there and and uh, i mean also Mm -hmm. the starting line a little little uh aggressive on some of that and, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, like they did, they did all those eras well, but they did, they would evolve with what was going on, but not in a way where like, you know, there's some bands where it's like, all right, we're remembered for this, but now we're in a pigeonhole because this isn't popular anymore. So now we're going to try to like, like we were pop punk and now we're EDM or something. And a lot of times yeah. that fucking like, like actually a good example of that, of where it doesn't work. Um, you know, like, I, I don't know if you're a big Reliant K fan, but they put out, a uh, collapsible lung it was called in like i don't know 2013 or 14 and it sounded like a pop record of that era like think of think of what was popular in pop music in like 2013 2014 kind of like fun and uh i mean even just oh, yeah, that yeah. shitty like americana and like even a little mumford and sons and shit and yeah, like i was just thinking mumford and sons. yeah like, like that kind of fucking <laughs> shit and it's like it was an album that Reliant K made that kind of sounded like all that it was kind of synth poppy at times. And it just for one, it just felt like a cash grab where it was them trying to write the catchiest like radio something like it felt very much like that, where like not in a good way, like I guess in a way it could be a positive thing where if every song on your album could be a hit single, but not if yeah. you're trying to make every song a hit single. And that's the problem with it is they weren't, it's not that the songs were hit singles, they were trying to make them hit singles, and they just, they weren't. It was fucking terrible. And, you know, like, that's an example where it's like someone just, you know, I just feel like they pull out their ass, like, you know, at the time, like, oh, we don't want to play, like, you know, Sadie Hawkins dance or this kind of pop punk. (laughs) And they kind of went and did, you know, what was popular at the time, and it just felt disingenuous. And you can yeah. hear it in it. Like I don't think, and like I don't think I'm in the minority saying that album's a piece of shit. Like I think most fans um, that you would talk to would say that. Like it is, it is a shitty album. It's not good. You don't want to listen to it. Like you know, not and just in a way where hey, bands have bad albums or they write you know songs that just aren't as good as other ones. But this one sucks because you know of how they were trying to do it. You know, there's a difference to it when it just accidentally comes out bad. You just didn't write a great album. Or you were trying to fucking make it, you know, so conceited and it bit you in the mm-hmm. ass because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, like the the disingenuineness of it is just bleeding, you know, from the fucking album. Yeah, and that's one of those bands that kind of like the thing you referenced earlier is that like, like, for example, All Time Low, you hated All Time Low, you got into them, and then you hated them again. And you like didn't really ever go back 
to that well. Um, Reliant K kind of did that with me because um, I remember even the first time I really heard them, um, there was a band my sophomore year that was doing uh, Battle of the Bands and they played Pressing On. And I never heard the band or the song before that. And I remember listening to it and at the end of that one performance, I was like, I know all the lyrics to that song already. <laughs> I don't get how that happens. Like, it's just, I don't know. It just seemed like the most fun, easy song to listen to. Got into them. And then all of a sudden, like, for me, they just kind of fell off the face of the planet. And I really haven't considered going back, which is kind of sad because some of the songs they had were really good. Like, there's even a song, I don't even remember where I heard it from or what record it may have been on. It's been so long. But it's, uh, what's it? Chapstick, Chaplets, and Things Like Chemistry. Oh, yeah, I know that song. That is an old yeah, school one. That is a good one, too. Yeah, and like I remember hearing that song, not knowing it was Reliant K at the time. It was one of those weird sample or CD that I had that I don't even know where it came from. But like I remember hearing that song, being like, "This is a cool song," and I haven't listened to that song in I would say probably about fifteen years plus. Oh shit! And it's just been one of those things. It's just like I don't know what happened. I just stopped listening to them. Maybe they came out with a record I disapproved of. Maybe they got big with that uh, "Be My Escape." You know, and that whole record that was it that mm-hmm album yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, and I think I just kind of fell off them since then, and I've never looked back, and I feel like I should. But there's song <laughs> like like if you ask me, there's there's like songs you should, and there there are like some really solid ones. They're not a band that I feel like you have to go back and listen to the whole uh, discography, but there are songs worth going back and checking out. Like they're they're for sure. And they're an interesting band too, because you forget. I mean, they were a you know they kind of lost it later on, but they were a religious band. Like I mean, the fucking early yeah. albums, they're singing about you know the like in the lyrics like Jesus Christ and stuff like that. And they were interesting because they had quirky lyrics. They were a pop punk band, but they were also religious. Which I mean, yeah, you know, obviously tooth and nail and stuff. But still, when you when you uh, you know, I feel like when you're in a genre like pop punk that's so juvenile and whatnot, you know, being being having something subject matter that obviously is more serious, like religion and whatnot, you know, is, uh, you know, kind of an anomaly in a lot of ways. And it's like I think they were unique and that, you know, they same with that. We're like, look at I'm the furthest from, a, you know, from someone religious you can probably find. But they're still getting me to sing along about a fucking song about God. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, like that's successful. It's the same with MXPX, like the early stuff where it's like mm-hmm. that's good. Mu- if you're getting somebody who doesn't believe what you're saying, doesn't, and even if, even if not even less of if I'm disagreeing, more of I just don't really know. You know what I mean? Like I'm just ignorant to what yeah. you're singing about. Yeah, yeah. And it's like as far as that goes, I'm still enjoying it. Like I'd say you just wrote a good song. Like that's just really yeah, yeah. like uh, uh, a little bit at least genre wise kind of off the beaten path close ish as far as like the easy core thing is concerned. But yeah, there was a band I listened to for a little while. They had two records. I only liked one of them. I only really listened to one of them. Um, They're called These Hearts, and they were like a really kind of heavy, like metal core, easy core with pop punk blend. And they were like a super like Christian band from like the like the Sun Belt states, like Oklahoma or something weird. And they, I remember they had a song, no joke. Didn't even I, I knew all the words to it. Never made sense. I like, never put it together. 
it was like an anti-abortion song. Oh shit! And yeah, and I knew the words, and I was into it. And someone was like, "What are you singing?" I'm like, "Oh, it's this band I'm listening to." And they're like, "What the hell are these lyrics?" And like, I ne- it never dawned on me what I was really singing. It's just like the music was cool, like the this the the style was different for what I listened to a little bit. And I went back and I read the lyrics. I'm like. Oh my god! I've actually been saying those words, and <laughs> I had no idea what I actually meant. <laughs> so really <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> yeah, but like, see, that's a good like. Once again, that's to to the credit of that band. It's like the fact that you were into it without, you know what I mean? Like, without mm-hmm. it, because there's obviously going to be people who like it because of the subject matter. But to be able to go the other way and have people like it in spite of, or just not even in spite of, just the fact that like you said that you didn't even know. Is it is yeah, just means it, that it's a good fucking song, you know? Yeah, and like <laughs> I, I went back and like even like I double checked like some of the other songs on that record, and yeah, some of them have like you know religious undertones to it, but like it wasn't like exclusive, like super in your face. Like they about the word God or Jesus here and there, but it wasn't like a super preachy song. Like some of the songs they have was just about being stuck on the road while being on tour and. You know, wanting to see your friends and family and stuff like that and like you know just basic kind of like your run-of-the-mill kind of pop punk you know lyrics i guess or whatever and yeah it was just that that song just happened to musically stick out to me and without really thinking what the lyrics were like even though i knew them i didn't comprehend them yeah that that uh that definitely happens and i, I don't know if there's I guess there probably are some, but like I don't even feel like there there's if there are, there aren't many, but like I feel like there's a time where there are more religious pop punk bands or easy core bands. I don't really know that there's many out there now. Like I can't think of any. Like, like modern yeah. day. If if there are, I mean I'm sure there are, they're probably just either not as vocal about it, because you gotta think back in like those times too, like in those like like mid like 2000 to like 2010s like the bands that were doing like the warp tour scene like a lot of them like bands like under oath and stuff like that they were holding like you know church like almost like masses like on tour and they were super vocal about being religious punk hardcore christian whatever bands and it's like nowadays the bands if they are they're not as vocal about it because they'll like you'll like put them into like a space that they don't want to be like stuck into. Oh, I totally. Think, like, K ended up. I think did Reliant K do that? Like they said they were Christian, this and that, and then they kind of stopped bringing it up of sorts. So yeah, kind of I think they're a lot like open. MXPX, where yeah, I mean they kind Maybe of. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, like as time went on, they don't like like present day. Like if you listen to an MXPX album. I don't think they've made a mention of God in like 20 years at this point, you know, like, like that kind mm-hmm. of thing where, yeah, it's like a, after a while, it's like, yeah, we, which I think those dudes have even changed their views. I don't, I don't think they're like staunch atheists or anything like that, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think they have kind of changed their views on organized religion and shit and have kind of like, you know, not, not that I think they ever said anything in their lyrics were like, you know, it's regrettable and they have to go back and like go, well, we don't really mean this anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean they're they're definitely not writing songs about like Jesus anymore. You know, I I, I think uh, I and I think you're right too. Is 
I'm sure there's people with religious ideals and stuff in those bands, but yeah, you're probably not as vocal about it. And who knows? That also makes me go. Cause like nowadays I feel like you might like, it's probably going to bite you in the ass more than it would, would, uh, help you to be, you know, kind of like, yeah, we're like a Christian core band or this and that, you know, like once again, going not that long ago, when you think about it, you're right. Like under oath and stuff, being so vocal about it and uh, being so big. And even during that era, like, even though they uh, don't sing about it, but like you forget like Paramore, all those fucking guys, like Haley Williams Mm -hmm. was like a big fucking, like, I think like in a Baptist church or something like from Tennessee, like, like fucking, you know, they don't really sing about it, but like she was in some kind of like, pretty heavy religious uh stuff in her younger years i mean i don't know if she still is but it's another thing like even if they are they're probably not really talking about it now now what we're gonna find out years from now is there's all these huge bands now that no one it's gonna come out years later that they were like a christian band like we didn't know it but like all these songs (laughs) like we thought we were talking about like we were singing about like fucking burning a goat or something and it turns out we're singing about jesus like like we find yeah. out years later like like motherfuckers i had all of you singing about god and you didn't even know it yeah yeah which it's actually funny that we're on this kind of subject because uh, with the punk and then where we're at currently at this very moment one of the coolest and i said this before to my friends one of the most punk things i've ever seen in my life was okay so on fuse tv for i think maybe two or three years they had a show called Mork. do you remember this where they would like follow members that were in band on warp tour oh, and they would just kind of like all wait follow was, them was on this tour. later was this like two, was this like six or seven years ago like this was this wasn't like oh six right this was like that no this, yeah this was yeah like i would say Eh, maybe like I'll I'll say like oh seven to maybe oh nine ish. Oh shit! You know what? Maybe. To be honest, maybe. I don't I don't know. If, oh wait, no. Yeah, like where there was like like during the summer they'd do it. Like they'd interview bands and then they'd start playing like music videos from like the bands who were on Warped Tour that year and shit like that. Kind of, yeah. They actually like I think it might have spawned from that originally. It was yeah. They just would follow members of bands. And just kind of follow them across the tour. Sometimes it'd be like a security guard that they'd showcase for, you know, the, the season. Or so what I'm getting at was on one of the seasons they followed Fat Mike. Oh yes, I have seen work. this. Yeah, when he goes to the church, the fucking the under and he goes, <laughs> and he, he goes to the Bible study, like, and completely just you know he hangs out and he listens and he says a few things. And I, I swear, one of the most punk things that he said and the way they edit it at least on tv made i hate to say this but made the the bible study people look kind of dumb no i agree with that i know exactly what you're talking about and they really did yeah and he was just like well like i think i'm a good person do you think you're a good person and he's and like he's bible study band guys no i'm a terrible person for you know i've said some mean things he's like yeah maybe you said some mean things but do you think you're like a, a genuine good person? I think you are. I think I am. And if we think we're good people and we think we're doing like good things, you know, for music and this and that, like that's got to mean something like, you know, and they were just completely dumbfounded by it. It looked like at least that they were dumbfounded by the fact that like that this quote unquote, like, you know, non religious, like obviously he's Jewish, but like he's not like crazy about like Bible studies and stuff. But like he came out there said some really chill stuff and like completely like made these guys 
look like, I hate to say it, but look like idiots. And then he just went off on his way and kind of did his own thing and started making fun of Mormons at like another show and this and that. I was just like, that was fucking rad because he just went in and stayed cool while these other guys kind of got all uppity and kind of back talking towards him. And he was just cool as a cucumber. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Oh no, totally. He was he was extremely well spoken during that. And I don't think a lot of them thought he was gonna be. I thought they would thought he was gonna be like you know what I mean? Like I thought they thought he was gonna be like Fat Mike or be like an asshole to them, but he was actually very like fair and explained himself, yeah. explained why he thought they were wrong and shit. But you are right, because it's funny. I don't know if it was the way that they uh, edited it for TV, very well could have been. But like, and actually, like, like we were talking about Paramore. It's funny you brought that up because I was thinking about that interview the whole time we're talking about like the <laughs> under oath and all that. And you're right. Like, there's like they zoom in. I think on like it has to be like a 17 year old Haley Williams with just a dumbfounded look on her face. Like, I don't think she says anything. It's <laughs> just looking with a blank, like a deer in headlights. Like, wow, I never thought I couldn't just be a good person. Like, just really just <laughs> funny shit like that. Like. And I remember the dude you talked about, too. I remember what band he was in. But, yeah, he's like, no, I'm not a good person. He just sounded ridiculous. But, uh, yeah. Like, like, yeah, I don't know if that was the magic of TV editing or if it was, you know, if they were really like that. I mean, but they do. They all just have these blank stares and just, like, their mouths, like, agape, just fucking open, just sitting there, like, <laughs> like couldn't believe that he actually had something smart to say. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm. I, I have it on mute right now, but I'm watching it. They have members of Paramore, Emery. Emery, that's right. It's another with, one with a big grin on his face, and he's just talking to these guys and just super chill, like. And they're all just like leaning into him, like, like really, and like members of other bands are like taking it back. It's oh, it's so oh man. I wish I had the audio on because it's just so funny. No, that shit. That shit is good. And like, I'm not. I'm not even trying to, uh, you know, I kind of try to ride the fence, I guess, in it. And I'm not trying to talk shit on either side. But there are some people in that video where you can tell where it's like they they really do just kind of have that smile on their face. It's like they've never really thought much further than the fact that, like, this is what their parents told them or, like, like mm-hmm. this, this is what to believe. So they do. They have that, like, face and just smile at them. It's like, oh, shit, like, Fat Mike actually has a reason for why he believes what he believes. And he's like thought this out. Whereas like some of these people he's talking to have never a day in their life. Like went, wow, I wonder what the opposing viewpoints of this is, or, you know, what is, what is the opposite of, of, you know, what I'm being told this is, you know, like never questioned any of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, that is, that is a classic uh, video. You can probably just find, I mean, if you YouTube, like no effects under oath would probably. Yeah. I literally just, I I literally just searched, Fat Mike and Under <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. They, exactly. They had. Did you ever see it? It was a few years after that. I remember Hot Topic sold it. There was an Under Oath parody shirt. It was like an Under Oath design, but it was it, it was a No Effect shirt, and then the O in it had that under the fucking whatever that Under Oath <laughs> is with that slash through it, and it says No oh, Effects no. with that. And I think it's like I think I want to say it's like animals on Noah's Ark or something. It's like it's it's oh, the funniest shirt, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. But yeah, no, it's just like it's I don't know. Like the thing I I genuinely love about like the point of view of like like whatever you want to be like punk to be is that like what he did there in my head at the time was like that was so punk, and he was just being like chill and like nice and. 
going against the grain of like what people expected of him and doing the exact opposite instead of being an asshole and like really making fun of these people for something that they genuinely believe in, which is cool. But like he went in and just was super cool about it. And like went against all their, like, not like I'm not meaning this in a religious way, but like went against their preconceived notions of what he was. Oh, totally. Being an ass. And like, I don't know. I wonder, I'd have to assume that like, after that, like he probably got a couple fans out of those guys just being like, Hey man, like that was really cool. Like, thank you for kind of changing my point of view on what I thought of you. Because again, like you see, you know, like back in the day, I remember seeing punk guys with big Mohawks and Liberty spikes and just like, it's kind of weird, but that's what they're into. And then like, I remember talking to one, like, I guess you could call him like a, I don't know, like a, not cross punk, but like a, you know, like a, a hardcore punk kid, you know, patches everywhere, this and that. And he was like one of the nicest guys ever. And I'm glad that like I had that interaction because that opened my eyes. So like these guys, like these hardcore punk kids are just as human as anyone else. And like for me to like judge them just because of their look or what they listen to is like stupid. Oh, so totally. Op- opening my eyes allowed them to open their eyes to be like, yeah, this kid listens to the pop punk, but like still a cool dude like we can still like relate to things and not like hate each other just because we're on different ends of the spectrum oh no totally and I, I think also that's a good example of the the other side of that is not only you, you really can't judge people by that because you end up finding out that there's a lot of you know cool people but the other thing too is just having you know a mohawk or having you know the right whatever band t-shirt a lot of people are still assholes too, you know, like it's like you it really, oh, yeah. it really is like you have to kind of meet people. It's kind of like a person by per, which I guess you should do anyways. Don't judge a book by its cover, but it's like, there. it's funny because there's people who just automatically, like I always think this, like, like just because someone's wearing like, like Blink-182 is a good example of that. Like they're one of my favorite bands too, but just because someone's wearing a Blink-182 shirt doesn't make them anything because there's a lot of fucking assholes who listen to them. And there's a lot of cool people and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. just, just that one variable. If you try to go off like a variable, which a lot of people do try going off a very minute variable, like the, you know, if you dye your hair, or if you have a pierced nose or how many tattoos you have or stupid shit like that, where they really do think that means that it's, you're a good person. You're this or that, where it's like, nah, that's really just like, it's not an aesthetic, but it really has nothing to do with, you know, you can, you can wear a, I mean, you could wear a propagandi shirt and, you know, th- th- I don't think that makes you socially caught, con- you know, conscious. You could also go kick puppies <laughs> while you wear a propagandi shirt. Like yeah, maybe I, you're wearing, you might be wearing a rise against shirt while you throw Motoff cocktails at an orphanage. Like just, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it doesn't make you a great fucking person, you know? No, not at all. Like, like, uh, there's actually, I think on, uh, I think it's on the, the blink little doc, the urethra chronicles where Mark, there's a little thing at the, towards the end, I think where Mark's like, yeah, Tom pierces his ears and lip rings and eyebrows and dyes your hair. And he thinks that's punk. No, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's can't can't hear what's on the inside. That counts. Not the outside. It's the inside. And you can, yeah, like, like I had loved, like, I remember listening. I remember listening to anti-flag, like huge, like, like, I don't know, probably junior year in high school, probably primarily. And 
a buddy of mine gave me an anti-plaid shirt and I thought it was like the raddest thing because it was like political tongue, but I'm not like a political guy. And then people were asking me like, like, you know, like, oh, do you hate America? Uh, you, you're a punk. Uh, I'm like, I mean, I like the band, like the shirt's cool, but like, I don't 100% follow their guidelines, lyrics or lyrics. Like just, it's something I'm into. Like, I just like the vibe. I, I don't live to overthrow the government, <laughs> you know, find ways to make, you know, a, you know, a, a, a lifestyle that's more fitting in mine. No, it's just, I like the music. It's cool. And if I have a shirt that says one thing, that doesn't mean I have to be that way. Like, it's just a cool vibe. <laughs> oh yeah. No, totally. Totally. That's, that's definitely the uh the the other side of that for sure or yeah once again just preconceived notions of you know if you're if you're wearing that band t-shirt or you have you know that piercing or fucking you know x amount of tattoos and it's like that's a terrible way to like if that's how you're basing off like how you meet people or make friends it's like that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard like because that guy has like fucking because he has a nose piercing, I'm going to like him. It's like, no, that dude's probably a dickhead. We might even like the same music, <laughs> but that guy might be a fucking dickhead. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, you know? It, there's, there's two sides to every coin, and it doesn't matter whether it's music, celebrities, religion, politicalness, whatever. You can find cool people on any side of that coin. Oh, or you absolutely. can find the most terrible people on the other side of that coin. It's really just... Who do you, who can you associate yourself with that will benefit you as a person and be cool with you no matter what you're into? But like, since we're on the case of like music, like I'm not going to hate a, a rap guy because he has super baggy pants and I don't know some shirt of no, like I'm not going to do that. Like I did that when I was in like middle school and early high school, and it bit me in the butt because some of those guys became like my best friends. So. Oh like, yeah, no. Going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find something cool anywhere. It's just really trying to make sure that, that I actually genuinely vibe with them, whether it's music or personality or whatever. Just, just be cool. Oh yeah, no. That that makes me think. I mean, I know I've went through it, and a lot of other people I talk to have. I feel like just about everyone does. But you'll go through a phase in your life where it's like, if it ain't punk, it ain't good, or like this and it's like you miss mm-hmm. so much good music that way, and like you miss just so much by being a fucking dummy who goes, if it doesn't sound like this or it's not this genre, it's like that's such a terrible way to, you know, view music or like how you mm-hmm. how you consume art or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's like it just doesn't like would you eat one kind of food the rest of your life? Would you only eat pizza every fucking day? Like you got to eat other shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like doesn't have to have power cords or being fucking double time. Like it, it can be something else. Like there's other good, you know what I mean? Like there's good other genres and shit in, you oh, know, yeah. you know, there's just good music. It doesn't really matter. You know, you may, I may predominantly like punk music or something like that, but it doesn't mean that I like every single thing that comes out under the, under the guise of punk. And it doesn't also mean that I only like things under the guise yeah. of punk because that's just fucking stupid that's like a dumb mistake you yeah. make when you're younger you know like literally even like 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 i did before like like coming down with this list you know i'm finding like the link i found songs that i kind of forgot i loved almost with this like i was going back and like i remember like in certain areas of my life like I, 
there's two hip hop like slash rap artist groups that I wrote down because they were big for me at around that same time. It was a, a hip hop group called Jurassic Five, and then like a, a rapper scratcher combo called Idea and Abilities. And that's like so far off from like punk, punk rock music, whatever you want to call it. But it was music that I vibed on, and it got me, you know feeling certain things and like it helped me focus on certain like aspects of my life. And I can't discount that, you know, yes, I love punk, punk rock music, but I'm not going to like sit here and like tell you like it's punk or nothing because yeah, like you said, that's stupid. Like there's so many other good genres out there. And if you're not exploring it, poser. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. It is. That's some poser ass shit being, you know, that's that's truly the thing where there's a lot of people out there who think they're being the furthest thing in the world from a poser. They think they're being punk as fuck by only liking a certain kind of music or a certain genre. And in the end, they end up being the biggest posers of them all. They're the biggest fucking posers. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah like, and it's funny because, like, I've never used, really, honestly, like, the word poser in, like, such a negative light. Oh, I love that word. I'm as trying to bring it back. <laughs> It's it's funny. It's a funny word. I absolutely enjoy the it word. Really it's is. funny, but like, I, I I don't use it near as much as, like I ever would have thought of. And like even today, like I'm saying it so much, but like like if we're really getting down to it, like if if you're not willing to explore and like what made you find the genre in the first place? Maybe it was exploring. Maybe it was getting out of the norms of like what your parents made you listen to, or like what your brothers or your friends. Like, like I said, like when I found Blink, like that was my band. I, yes, I knew of these other alternative bands, I'll say, but like, I didn't know what it was. So when I found Blink, that was my escape from what my parents were listening to, what my brothers gave me, what my brothers were listening to. I got out of that and listened to Blink and like moved on from there and like grew up, but like, I will never discount like my parents' music for like not having some effect on me. Like, like I I thoroughly enjoy Jethro Tull and Genesis and White Snake and Poison and Rat and Led Zeppelin. Like I enjoy these groups, and I'm not gonna sit here and define myself by one genre. Where like some poser kids are just be like punk or die, or you know I'm emo scene kid for life. Oh fuck yeah! Dude, the, three, you know, like roar. Dog, it's yeah, dog, it's it's 2008 forever. It's fucking 2008 forever here, dude. We fucking uh, 303 is always on the turntable. I got my fucking my Cobra Starship shirt on, dude. I got my fucking dude, my. Uh, I, I've been wearing my stunner shades for like <laughs> yeah. 12 years now. <laughs> oh hell yes, dude! Got the stutter shades. Um. I mean, I, I I think it was maybe it was Neff, maybe it was the brand like the multicolored shoes that have like hot pink, hot green, like that you can only get at like fucking Pack Sun or Zoomies or one of those fucking stores, like the, the big uh, Osiris. Oh yeah, yes, dude, yes, exactly those fucking uh, just just all of all of uh, all of that good stuff. It's two thousand eight forever, dude. There's gonna be, but you know what? Nobody. Everyone thinks they're so much cooler than the generation before them or they're cooler than their parents or something like that. Yeah. But the fact is, like, as people laugh at, like, 
oh, like these oldies cruises where like they have a cruise where people go see like their favorite bands from the eighties and they perform their hit singles. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, or like shit like that. Like fucking go to <laughs> fucking Margaritaville with my boy Jimmy. Like like there's shit like that where like younger people laugh at that. But I'm telling you this right now. Just wait until you're old enough where in your 40s and 50s, there's going to be like a, the equivalent of a two. Like what I'm talking about, like it, it's obviously not going to be called like the 2008 Neon Cruise. But something along those lines are going to exist where people go see like Boys Like Girls and Cobra Starship and Metro Station and 303. And they all get together and for, you know, three hours Everyone remembers being in like like people laugh at their parents, but it's like, yeah, the fucking old man loves Bob Dylan or this and that. It's like, yeah, he was listening to that the same time you were listening to like Metro Station that like when you were in high school. It's like your that is their Bob Dylan. Your Metro Station is your Bob Dylan, basically, is what I'm saying. His Metro Station is Bob Dylan for a new generation. Dude, the times they are a changing and it's synth now. It's fucking synth. But yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like you totally get what I'm oh, saying. Like obviously so, they're they're like so left field from one another, but it's like this idea of like, you know, the bands who end up playing country fairs and casinos and stuff like that. It's like yeah, you know, like Aerosmith had a rough time during the eighties. Like there's a lot of those classic rock bands from the seventies who had a terrible decade in the eighties, and it's like, guess what? That's what bands of now are going to do. There's bands who yeah, right. from like even who from like 2012 or something who are going to go now have been a band for like a decade or so. Guess what? Shit's going to go down. Their popularity is going to go down for a while. They might write some of their, you know, they might not be writing their best music like, you know, bands and bands can bounce back from that. But the idea that like you're immune to all the shit that you see older bands like, you know, like. Same with like how bands would laugh when like, you know, after grunge took over and a lot of those eighties hair metal bands mm-hmm. were playing yeah. like fucking, you know, Jerry's Tavern. Like they went from playing arenas to like, you know, yeah. Warren or Quiet Riot is playing like the local, you know, bar that holds four hundred people. And it's like people laugh at that, but it's like, dude, that's the music <laughs> industry. Like your fucking favorite yeah, bands like, now, it's gonna happen to them. Mm-hmm. Like like I remember like like we're on the same lines, like, you know. When we when I was now in high school and probably like when we were like middle school or maybe early high school, like the scene was like in its full effect. Like everyone had black hair, everyone had crazy winged eyeliner or something, and like the studded belts and super skinny jeans, and that was scene. And we grew up, you know, most people grew up, and the generation before us look at that being like, you guys are fucking weird. And like, okay, yeah, we were, but look at you guys right now. Like you guys got e-girls like that look like, like seeing girls from like 10 years ago. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's the same thing. It's just a little different. And when 10 years go by, you're going to look at the generation that's, younger than you and they're going to have that thing and you're going to be making fun of them and they're going to be making fun of you and it's all the same shit people don't realize that forever like i realized that in my early 20s like i think i was probably like 23 when i realized like yeah the bands that like that are new and hot right now that you're seeing like it's nothing special it's not like you found you found something special for yourself that you would obviously yeah leaves impressed Mm -hmm. but it's like 
it's just different eras and shit. It's like, I don't, there's so much music. I've been out of touch though my whole life. Like I was out of touch at fucking 15. So it's like, there's, there's shit where it's like, I don't understand EDM, but I understand that there's people who listen to like Skrillex and that for them is like whatever mm-hmm. Blink-182 did for me or whatever Bob Dylan did for someone else or what the Beatles yeah. did for someone or what Snoop Dogg did for someone or what fucking uh, fucking Mariah Carey did for someone. Like it's all <laughs> different music. It's all different genres, but it, it leaves some kind of impression on those people. And I don't know that you can discount any of them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I can sit here and say that I'm any better for, you know, feeling the way I do from listening to this band as someone who may get the same reaction from listening to fucking shake it. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, if you get that same feeling the first time I did the first time I heard like suburban home, like if you're getting the same thing out of fucking shake, 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 shake it like. I don't know. Can I be met? Like, maybe I'm jealous of you that that's all it took for you to derive it from. Like, maybe I'm mad that you got it. So, you know, you're getting off so easy on something like that. But it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know that I can sit here and say I'm any better because I felt that same feeling just from different music, you know? Yeah. And like, it's the same thing. It's like, I, I, I've been saying this for a while now that like, I respect all music. I respect all genres, but I don't have to like all of it. Like, uh, yes. What what country does for you might not do for me, and vice versa with pop punk. Like that's just the way it's gonna be. But I can't discredit your appreciation for that genre or this song or that artist just because I don't find their music appealing. Like that would be that would be very poser. That is that's poser as like, fuck. Honestly, you're. you're your music sucks. Like, why are you listening to this trash? Like, listen to my music. My music's better. No, realistically, it's not fucking better. It's just what I like. (laughs) Dude, I have a music library with thousands and thousands and thousands of songs, probably hundreds of thousands of songs in it. And if you looked right now, you're not going to find one Beethoven song in that library. But with that said, what kind of asshole would I have to be to sit here right now and with a straight face tell you, yeah, Beethoven's untalented. Beethoven's not good. Like what kind of person would I have to be to go like, look at, I'm not going to listen to it in my free time. You're never going to, you're never going to walk into my house and go, what are you doing, dude? I'm just vibing to some Beethoven. It's not going to happen, but it's like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's not amazing. Like I don't listen to classical music, but when I hear (laughs) classical music, I can go, well, fuck those people were good musicians. Like they're classically trained musicians. Like I'm a fucking, I am a poser. If I sat here and discounted that because it's just not right, you know, just because I don't personally like it. Like, get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah. Literally, I, I just for kicks, and I just did this for my own little social like experiment. I just turned on like my old iPod touch that I had charging most of this day, just to find any extra little bands. I, I went to all songs to shuffle. First three artists in a row, it went all time low, <laughs> and then it went two live crew. <laughs> Hell yes. And then the Beach Boys. Oh, hell yes, back dude. Back to back to back. That's and a like, tour waiting. That is a tour package waiting to happen. Oh, my God. It would be the jeez. Oh, it would be the weirdest party ever. It would be like every party I went to like once I turned 21. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I'd be most stoked for two live crew on that, uh, oh on that bill. Two live crew. Is, oh, my God. That would be a wild, wild experience. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, you know what? That's the first time you're going to get me to go see all time low in fucking years. 
But I'll go <laughs> if the fucking mayors of uh, Hornyville are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh um, man! Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's long story short. It's just you know, like as far as music goes, like one of the most punk things you can really do is really just expand yourself outside of like what everyone wants you or thinks you should listen to. You, you know what a just good example of that of that is, and I don't I don't know that uh, I I don't know if it's like a really well known fact. It's out there, so I mean, obviously, it's public knowledge, but. Uh, like when Tupac was dying in the hospital after he got shot, his girlfriend on a loop played uh, Don McLean, the guy who wrote American Pie. They had, uh, I believe it was Vincent, his song Vincent, on a loop for him while he was dying. Now, if you know Don McLean, wow. even if you don't know Don McLean, just think of the song American Pie. Like, mm-hmm. people love, like, Tupac was just a fucking artist who went, like, dude, like, uh, Don McLean sounded nothing like Tupac. But Tupac, no, just you. exactly like what we're talking about, goes, that's just good. Like, that man, like, because if you are a musician, including if you write lyrics, go, like, I'm telling you this right now, anyone listening to this, if you're a musician, go listen to Don McLean's American Pie, that the album, not just the song, but the album that's called that. That man, I don't care if you like the music or not, you're going to respect the hell out of how he writes a song. And that's like Tupac. Like, he appreciated that. Yeah. And that was, like, one of his favorite songs. And it's like, that's a guy who it's like, who gives a shit what genre it is? That's just like, I don't listen to most of like most bands or artists that would sound like Don McLean. I don't personally listen to, and I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of, but I can see where Don McLean wrote a masterpiece record. And I go, fuck me. This album's amazing. And I listen to it constantly. You could do the same thing with telling people just to like, check out Tupac. Like people forget like Tupac was a, a fucking poet when it came to his lyrics. Oh, absolutely. And and there's a hysterical video, a buddy of mine and I used to watch a long time ago, and it was like this, like how to be emo. It was like a joke. It was like a twenty minute <laughs> song. And and they're quizzing this kid and it's like fifty infomercial cells like, Let me tell you something, Billy. This girl's listening to Tupac. What do you think? And he's like, Oh she's listening to Tupac, she's not emo. And the announcer goes, Well, Billy, actually, Tupac was one of the most emotional musicians of his time with poetic lyrics and this and that, like, you know, storytelling and music. And it's true. Like go back and listen to like some of those lyrics on some of those like deeper cuts. And like, there is a story, there is real heart and soul in that music. And if you don't like it, cause it's fucking rap, then <laughs> you should just take your, get your music card taken away from you because you, you know, Oh, totally. It, it, there, you can't just hate something based on just like you. Yes, you can, but like you really what a shouldn't stupid keep to do. Mind so closed. Yeah, you shouldn't keep your mind so closed. Like open it up and like just experience things that you want to experience and like you know challenge yourself. You know, don't follow the beaten path. If even the path that you've created for yourself, sometimes it's fun to just. You know, I've been listening to punk music for 15 years. I don't know what to do with my life. Fuck it. Go check out some weird, you know, 8-bit pop band, you know? Oh, yeah. And just go somewhere weird. Like, one of my favorite bands is this group called Anamonic Uchi. And they're like an 8-bit, I guess, kind of say pop punk, but not necessarily, because it's almost all digital music. Like, And they, like, put really weird effects on their guitars. You can almost can't even tell. But, like, I was stuck in a rut. I was like... I'm listening to the same shit over and over. Like, what can I do? And I fucking went on 
uh, was it pure volume? <laughs> and I just started looking at, I, I literally went to like, I think I went to like a random like pop genre or something like that. I don't remember. And just went in alphabetical order. And all of a sudden I just saw this weird name click on it. And it's like this 8-bit band. And I thought it was like the coolest shit ever. And now like 8-bit chiptune music is like, like video game music. It's like shit I fucking love. And I'm glad I did that. Oh, hell yeah, man. I mean, you, you, you have to with things like that. I mean, I worked, I worked at a a top 40 radio station for almost two years and I don't like what's on most of top 40 radio. But once again, when a song would come on or like, you know, I'd be like going through shit to play on there. If I heard a song that I thought was good, like I'm not going to deny it because it's a pop song. There were songs on there that you would think I would never listen to or would like, but I'm like, no, that's catchy. Like I understand what it's there for. Like I understand, like there's a Mm -hmm. lot of songs where I go, yeah, that's not supposed to be the deepest song of all time. I go like, oh, from a pop perspective, from going like just catchiness or like, which was what they're trying to do. The end the end goal there is to get it stuck in as many people's heads as you can and make it as catchy as mm-hmm. can be. And when you have that in mind, you go like, okay, I'm listening to this and it's like, all right, I may not normally like this genre of music, but I'll be damned if this isn't the best of the best. Like I go, if I know what their objective is, you don't have to be a fan of it. Like I don't have to be a fan of country music to go. If I know what they're trying to go for and I hear a good country song and I go, Oh, well, I mean, by the guidelines of like what they're probably trying to do, that's pretty damn good. Like they're writing, mm-hmm. you know, like, is it relatable? Is it this or that? You know what I mean? Same with pop. Is there a hook there? Is there, you know, is it catchy? And it's like, if they're hitting all those things, well, damn, even if I'm not initially a fan of that thing, I could definitely, including as a musician, appreciate good, you know, songwriting and craftsmanship and, you know, good lyrics and whatnot. It's like, you're a fucking poser. If you don't do that, you know, you really are. If you, if you discount something, cause it's not a genre you deem cool or that you normally listen to, like you're, you're a fucking, I, I think you brought up earlier in messenger. You're a jabroni. Like you're yeah, a there jabroni, is, yep. dude. That's a, that's a good word for it. You're a poser. Dude, it's great. If I, if I, if I push poser in the ground too much, we can, we can now, uh, jump ship to jabroni, <laughs> but it's like when, you yeah. know, like fucking, if you're being one of those, if you're being a Joser, a fucking jabroni poser, like if you're being a Joser, dude, oh, like yeah, oh yeah, people, you Ooh, know let's, what? Let's, let's timestamp this. Let's timestamp this. <laughs> From uh, when I made history. Yeah, it is for me. It's almost nine o'clock. It's about four till, and Joser <laughs> is the new thing. I hope there's someone like if you're listening to this right now and they're. Not if your name is Joe, because you might go, oh, shit, like this fucking sucks. But if you're listening to this and you know someone named Joe, I'm telling you, this seems like something to really get under their skin. Start calling that person Joser. a Joser. Yeah, like if you know a, if their name's Joe, if their name's Joanne, maybe Josephine, Josie. Josie um, yeah, if you're a Mark's uh, fictional ideal girlfriend, um, you know, like any of those things. Start calling them Josers. When they're being a Joser, call them a jo- Call yeah. them what they are. When yeah. they're being a fucking Joser, they be, call them a they Joser. You gotta be acting like one. Yeah, you gotta it has, act to, like one. has to be warranted. You can't just pull that out of yes. nowhere. No, 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 no. It, there's gotta be there's gotta be some substantial evidence behind the Joe being a Joser. Because let me tell you, that word, if you put it on a scale, that that word carries weight. That's a that's a word you don't just throw that at someone for nothing. That's a fucking you call if you call me a Joser dude, I'm probably pulling out a switchblade and I'm ready to. Fu- Those are fighting words where I come from. If you call oh, me a Joser uh, dude, yeah. you better get ready to fight. <laughs> oh man, 
Oh man, I'm cracking my knuckles right now. I can beat some Josers up right now. You call me a poser, that's one thing. You call me a jabroni, that's one thing. You call me both those things, we got a fucking problem, dude. We got a fucking problem. Yeah. Oh man, I, I can't. I, I think I'm just gonna start adding like Joser to every like Twitter and like Facebook <laughs> post now. Please, please do. Like that's my like. I hope when I'm on my deathbed, whenever that is, hopefully, hopefully, no time soon. Maybe like no. I don't know. I I don't have a crystal ball. But whenever I'm on that deathbed, um, I hope I hope I I look, and and while I'm I'm surrounded by my family, they all remind me that my legacy is Joser. Yeah. Last thing you see, I'm just gonna like I'll show up. I'll put my arm around your family members. Look up and just. Right, right before your eyes close, I'm like, what a oh, oh yes, <laughs> do you close my eyes for me? Like, you, like as you slowly yeah. say it, just mm-hmm. with your index finger, you just, you just both, both yeah. eye individually. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll know that was um, my life's work, dude. You were just here for history. I hope you just, you heard me in real time peaking. That's called peaking in real time. <laughs> I just had my like thirty seconds of like life will never be better than it was in that second life can never be better than it just was like no matter what i do imagine being a this is must be like what being in the beatles feels like it's like after you were in the beatles it's like what do you do you know what i mean like you were in you were in like the biggest band like what do you do now where do you go from here yeah yeah exactly where do you go from the beatles like honestly like where do you yeah, like i was in the yeah, beatles wings yeah i guess i mean and that's the thing like i guess this is the rest of my life is wings that was my life and, was beatles for about 30 seconds and now it's all wings dude my life now is my life is now fucking wings <laughs> fucking band on the run dude yes all right. Yeah. Well, well. I mean, this is this has been fun. Obvi- obviously, we're. I like where this is going. Honestly, like this. This was a fun conversation that I feel like went a lot further than just like, like in a good way too. I totally mean that. Like, I feel like we went in some really good spots that went further than just like what early influences whatnot are. But to kind of close it out, dude. I mean, to kind of get back to the initial, uh, yeah, yeah, the right. initial fucking thing the the train or whatever i'm putting on my conductor hat now and my fucking overalls and uh and it, it, sick overall yeah as we're steaming as we're steaming along in my sick overalls definitely not wearing anything underneath them um we uh the, the the big question now is you know a lot of those bands that really got you into uh into punk and alternative in the beginning do you tend i mean i guess we we talked about it a bit with like songs that you haven't heard in a long time but overall, I mean, do you go back and listen to a lot of the bands that got you into this music initially, or is that, or is it more of a nostalgic listen now? Is it like a thing where you'll, from time to time, go back and listen to those bands who kind of got you into it? You know, kind of for old times' sake. Oh yeah, it, it's it's definitely a mix of both. Like the usually, like the, the probably the most common way for me to fall back into it is just if I'm in just a funk and I'm not feeling just. You know, nothing's really carrying me through the day except for just, you know, breathing. Like, I'll go back and, like, like for, for example, like, I remember, uh, actually, I would say probably about in the wintertime, I'll say, just because I don't know for sure. But, like, I went back and I actually listened to uh, the Smash album from uh, Offspring. Offspring. Fuck yeah, classic. Yeah, and that, 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 that album was, that album, I was, my brother had it. He gave it to me. Once I was in middle school, 
And that was like one of the staple middle school albums for me was that record. And so listening to that record front to back like, was one of those kind of nostalgic trips, but it totally took me out of my funk. But on the opposite side of that, there, you know, it's always nice just to go back no matter what and just kind of remember like, man, like where would I have been if this key, for me, I guess, key band wasn't prominent. Like I think of bands like Green Day, um, Operation Ivy, uh, even, you know, it's I even say, cause it's, you know, it is what it is. Like bands like Charlotte, like I've never, I stopped listening to them once I got into high school. I'll go back and I listen to those two first two records just for the hell of it. And I can't help but smile. Like I listen to Operation Ivy and I feel like I'm, I'm like elementary school again. Like it's just, it, it just brings back like the most fun, like energetic memories because it's really what started it all. It's crazy to think too, like, like you mentioned it, like if a band didn't like write a song or had they just not been a band, it's crazy to think about how much your life really could be different. Like the bands you didn't find, the concerts you didn't go to, the friends you didn't meet, like as weird as that sounds, it's like had a band not written a certain song, it honestly could be like fucking alter your life in huge ways that you would never think of. It's insane to think, but fucking true. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like everyone has, most people I'll say it said there's always that band that saved their life. You know, like it's obviously more or less like kind of like a high school, like kind of middle school thingy to say, um, this band saved my life in a dark time. I blink. I don't want to say it saved my life, but it really rerouted my life because at that time it was all the poppy pop bands and single artists, like girls and this and that. Like if I never found blink, like I would have probably been, a top 40 radio guy through and through until this point, probably listening to some, I don't know, whatever artists nowadays or whatever. Like, so Blink definitely rerouted my life, but like, I can't discredit like that. My brothers had these shirts and these bands that kind of re reminded me of like, almost like what I was missing. Yeah. That's, that's fucking cool. I mean, it's, it's, it really is though. It doesn't it doesn't take much. I mean, like like one song or one band can do so much for you. I I would say kind of the same thing. Honestly, I'll be I would probably be a poser without Blink One Eighty Two. And they're not even the first band that got me into this music, but they were they were a gateway to get me into so much more afterwards, which would play mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even outside of punk where it's like had I not listened to this band, like it's a domino effect where it's like had I not gotten yeah. into this punk band, I wouldn't have gotten into this one. And I wouldn't have gotten into say like a subgenre of like alt country or like folk punk or something like this. Where you start going, well, I slowly, I like this now. And then that means I kind of like Lucero. And it's like, well, then if you like Lucero, you start to slowly like this. And then you, and then you start listening to all these different genres and bands that you're like, Oh shit. Like eventually even fucking older ones, like even even artists that I mean I knew for years but never really thought of as much. Like Bo Diddley's one. Like obviously I've always known a Bo oh, Diddley, wow. fucking classic. But like I've be I've gotten a lot into like Johnny Thunders and the New York Dolls, and they covered a bunch of like Bo Diddley, and you know they you know and they ripped off a lot of shit that he did, and it's like it makes you go back and go. Well, damn, I think Johnny Thunders is such an amazing guitar player. What's part of what made him a good guitar player? And it's like we've been talking about going back and find your influences. You go, Bo Diddley. He was fucking trying to rip off Bo Diddley, as most guitarists of that era were. And then you go, oh, shit, like, 
I've known Bo Diddley most of my life, but I never, you know, took that chance. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, he's one of the first guys to play electric guitar or one of the first, like, rock guys. But it's, like, never much further than that, where then I go, oh, shit, this band I really like and respect are huge Bo Diddley fans. And it's like, oh, goddamn, I go back and listen. You're like, well, fuck, no wonder, like, all these genres of music and shit, like, were derived from this. Like, fucking, like, this is original fucking rock and roll, and it may not sound like fucking like something that came from years later but it is direct you know what i mean like everything starts somewhere like that's fucking rock and roll man like that's where it starts then it goes all these other places you gotta you do you gotta fucking you gotta look where music comes from and its influences because you end up finding more music because you go that music influence which you like anyways like if i like new york dolls i'm probably gonna like what influenced them and then i go oh shit i do Mm -hmm. like all these guys are really good and it does it's like there there's like uh fucking you know, like, like once again, it goes from there. Like, uh, you know, obviously Blink-182 and New York Dolls are two different bands. But if I really thought about it, there's probably some kind of way that you connect them where it's like, had I not ever gotten into Blink-182, maybe I never would have gotten into the New York Dolls and I never would have gotten into Bo Diddley. Yeah. Like, you know, just shit like there we go down the line. And it's not even, you know, there's closer ones where, you know, Blink-182 brought me to like the Descendants and Screeching Weasel. But like I said, I can go all the way the fucking like totally different stuff that sounds nothing like them and go, oh, yeah. like, you know, like fucking their like credit for it. Yeah. Like one of my favorite bands or artists groups of all time, like literally up there with blink Tom Petty and heartbreakers. Oh, hell yeah. And though there's no, you know, like right in front of your face similarities as far as like influence goes, but like, like, I can listen to Tom Petty records and certain songs like, you know, they're kind of, you know, folky Rocky stuff. But like there's occasions where like I can, I can hear roots of like punk rock stuff going on in there and whether it might've been an influence on some bands or not, like to me that helped influence some of my punk rock music writing. So I have in my right, I have every right to justify the fact that Tom Petty influenced punk rock in my world because it totally changed the way I wrote songs. Oh no, I think, I think that's totally true. And it kind of goes like with it, with what I was talking about with like my love for like, uh, the New York dolls and ironically Johnny thunders and the heartbreakers, you know, the, the other heartbreakers is basically the same thing. <laughs> they were a fucking rock and roll band that sound like a punk. You know what I mean? Like those guys did not like being called punk. Johnny thunders did not like being called a punk but he like was a forefather of punk like whether he liked it or not he was a forefather of a genre but with that said that's where it gets you it's like okay this guy isn't isn't really influenced by the same thing that punk bands are instead he's influenced by all these like guys who you wouldn't otherwise think of with punk rock you know what i mean like like a chuck mm-hmm. berry like that's another fucking one yeah. ripped a ton oh it's God. like you you don't think of chuck berry when you think of punk but if johnny thunders is like ripping off Chuck Berry, you know, things that Chuck Berry was playing, you go, oh shit, like it starts bridging the gap for these things. Same with the replacements. They're one of my they're one of my favorite bands. And they would cover like sixties like AM radio, like soft goldies hits and like Mm -hmm. soft rock and things that now like, you know, like a sixty year old would listen to nowadays. But like you what what they did by covering those bands was it, it would show you how good like a song really was when you go when it no longer sounds like this really homogenized or like neutered like 
whatever was big at the time. Like, like say, say they covered a song that was originally like a shitty, like disco song. It's like, I may not initially like it because it sounds like disco, but when the replacements would cover it, you would start hearing the lyrics and you would hear the chords. Like instead of them played on a synth, it's being played on like a distorted guitar. And when it's start, when it's presented to you in that way, you go, Oh, wait a second. Like, this is good. Like, I like this. Like, this is, this is really good. It just had to be presented to me in a different way. Yeah. Like, uh, fuck, what is it? Uh, who's the original artist? Uh, a trio did, uh, Metro. Oh yeah. They're an eighties band. I can't think of the name, but yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah, like I remember hearing Metro and just thought it was a trio song for the longest time. And then my dad was driving me somewhere and like, the song came on. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. He's like, do you know the song? I'm like, yeah, I know the song, but not by this artist. He's like, my dad's like, this is the artist. And I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> and I think if I could be wrong, weren't they like kind of like a new wave? Yeah, they are. It, th- yeah, they are. I can't think of their name, but that in that original yeah. version is very new wavy too. Yeah. And like, it took me, the uh, alkaline trio to like, Though I didn't get into that band after hearing that song, like I had a new appreciation for that song because of what Trio did to it, and it allowed me to, you know, just accept the fact that, like, you know, just because a band covers a song, you know, or changes something, like it could be better or for worse. But like, you hear what the what the original artist did, and you can still appreciate it for what it was. Like when Blink did "Dancing with uh, Myself." That's from, a great. Uh, that's a great cover. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And, like, it, that's another one of those songs. Like, I didn't know it was a cover until I heard the original. And I'm like, man, like, I'm totally missing, like, something that, like, Blink was clearly into that they wanted to cover for, like, a very specific reason. So, like, I went back and, like, I checked out all, like, Billy Idol stuff. And I was just like, this is fucking cool, too. Oh, hell yeah. No, he definitely he has some good stuff. And it's another one where it's like, you don't realize I me. Mean, Billy Idol was a fucking punk too, but most people don't realize oh. that. And you need shit like that to go like, Oh, I didn't realize this guy like did this. Yeah. You know that it's, it's uh sometimes you just need that. Like, honestly, like it's almost, it's almost like feeding your dog, like their pill, but you got to wrap it in cheese or something. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Like you will eat yeah. that pill. Like eventually you'll realize that it's good for you and that you like it. But the person initially needs to like, you know, put something sweet over it. And then maybe over time, mm-hmm. you know, you, you won't be so like fucking against it or like the bitter taste of a pill. It's like, OK, I don't need the cheese now. Like now I could just fucking digest it. Whatever analogy I'm trying to make, that could be a totally fucking terrible one. In my head, it makes no, sense. No, <laughs> but like, no, no, no. I, I, I see where you're trying to go. Yeah. OK. Yes. Yeah. So you, you can you can at least see where I'm trying to go with it. But like. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the idea is sometimes you just need that. You may not initially like, you know, fucking some. I don't know. Like, like it's rain and men. Maybe, maybe I don't think much of the song. It's rain and men. But maybe if someone came out and did this beautiful stripped down acoustic version and were like really singing, I might go, "Oh my god, I never listened to the lyrics before. Like this shit just hits me on a different level." You know? You here, know what here. I mean? Yeah. For for the neon kids, I'll do this in like a food analogy. Pizza. At the core, a pizza is just a cheese pizza. Like if you ask for a cheese pizza, it's cheese pizza. If you ask for pepperoni and sausage on pizza, it's still a cheese pizza with toppings to add to it. Yeah. So the like the original song is the cheese pizza. 
and all you do is just add a, add a couple extra toppings, and all of a sudden it's something completely different. But the core of it is still a cheese pizza. That's no a good. What. You know what? That might be a better example than feeding your dog a pill wrapped in cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for one upping me, motherfucker. <laughs> well, what was it? Didn't, didn't that also happen with uh, what was it? You, I, on the blink when you started talking about like oh goddamn, like, what was it? Priest. You're talking about like Judas Priest or changing vocalist or something like that. Yes, I do remember. I can't remember what your example was, but it was like a thousand times better than what my. I did. Uh, I did when uh, Taking Back Sunday replaced. Uh, yes, that's uh, right. Uh, John yeah, Nolan you're right, right, dude. Yeah, we're talking about Blink One Eighty Two, and it's like I don't know. How about this '80s hair metal band? And then it's like, well, what about the band who like toured with Blink One Eighty Two and like something mo- re- relatable? Yeah, like something relevant to like the conversation. <laughs> yeah, because like I remember like a little off, but like I was gonna bring this up earlier and never did. But like I always, uh, I was always telling people like the difference between like the neon pop. And like I grew up listening to, like with Lakin and some glory shit like that. And the joke for me was always like nineties, early two thousands pop punk bands were writing about, you know, skateboarding, kind of being little, you know, like assholes kind of uh uh burritos and like getting dumped. And then like neon came and all of a sudden it was like it, it was cool to be pop punk. So it was like going to the party. Hanging out with all your friends, you know, getting the girl and like pizza. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You are right though. There really there was a kind of that underdog stigma too. I think was gone. Like there was less of like the relatable. Like oh yeah, they are just kind of like you know, just kind of dudes who play guitar. You're right. You kind of get more of this like they seem like they're doing this because they know it's cool or because it brings them attention yeah. or something. You know, it came. It yeah. feels more derived of that. Then, like, you look at something like, like, look at, like, a band like Homegrown, and you look at their whole, like, their music videos, how they acted, like, that band made fun of themselves constantly. That's not a band who's like, look, we're cool. There's nothing about, like, they made fun of themselves every, every chance they could get, they, like, were making fun of themselves in every single way they could. Like, it's so different from, you're right, like, later on where you're trying to be a pretty boy, and you have on the right jeans and the right pant, you know, the right shoes, and, like... Like all time low, every all time low video seemed like it always had like a super pretty girl that was like always into them or they were always into and they always looked like awesome. Or like you see these like kind of, uh, I'll, I'll loosely use the term old school like pop punk bands. And it was like, you know, yeah, there might have been like a pretty girl in the video, but it was always like giving them the cold shoulder or like they just broke up and like now the guy is devastated. Now there's like, definitely yeah, a different a, vibe, for sure. Yeah, it was a totally different vibe. Like, uh, what was it? Someone told me when I brought this up, they were like, "Oh yeah, like Maroon Five. Like, I hate that band because in every video, it's just him like hooking up with a different girl every time." Which I didn't really know, but like he told me that, I was like, "Oh, like yeah, it's like that artist, like in genre. Like if you go back, say, you know, however many years back, it could have been." that guy was getting broken up by all these girls in the music videos for other reasons. But now it's, it's all about hooking up and getting the girl because it's cool. Oh yeah. Before no. It, no, you're, you're going down. I mean, like a path that I could talk about for probably for like hours, <laughs> but I, I do, I, I think that's a, uh, 
I, I think that's a big thing with music too. Like, I mean, like we were talking about, like take genres and everything out and just relatability of things. Cause there's so much that I just can't relate to. Cause I'm like, you listen to a song and it's like, if it's like, Hey, like, you know, shitty things that happen in your life that it's like, Oh, those shitty things happen to everyone. That's a lot more relatable than like, I mean, there, there's even shit where like, look at like, there's country music where I go, if I was a 40 year old dude who drove a truck and lived in the country and like, you know, like really lived the lifestyle that they're trying to sell or market in, you know, a lot of mainstream country, then I would probably love it because I could relate to it. You know what I mean? It's one yeah, of those things, but it's it, like it's, it's a product of the environment. Yeah, it's not relatable to be I'm the fucking lead singer of Maroon 5. Like I'm a millionaire and I'm fucking models like and I'm driving like a Lamborghini. Like that's a lot less relatable to people. Than, uh, than, you know, a lot of the other, you know, like, including those earlier pop punk bands who were like, mm-hmm. nah, they are, like you were talking about, they're kind of singing about, like, yeah, you're not very cool, you're not very, you're not hot shit, you know, it, it's a lot less, no, they have a higher all. ego, there's like um, too much, it's, it, this sound, it's probably sounds weird, but there's almost too much self-esteem with, like, some of, like, like in the neon <laughs> pop punk, like, they almost had too much self-esteem of themselves, like, like, and I guess you have to for some of that shit. Like, to go play that or to, like, look some of that way, it's like, I guess you well, got to think highly of yourself. Well, and it's funny because then, like, the bands around that time that, like, you know, one of, like, a band that I wrote down, um, Motion City Soundtrack. Oh, great musically, musically was very upbeat and fun and happy, but you listen to those lyrics and Oh, fucking just dark and sad. Oh, fuck, dude. I mean, every everything is all right. It was probably their biggest song. And that whole song, I think, is like about OCD. Like, it's just yeah. like just literal OCD. Like, I'm afraid to leave my house or like, you know, like yeah. shit or, like that. Like actual, you know. Yeah. You, yeah, there was still like, like it kept the, like it had like, like it had the old soul of pop punk, but with like the modern, like, I guess you would say like, Coming neon scene with the synth and stuff. They're so they're still weird kept the soul too because yeah, and they're they're an odd one too because if you see the synth and shit too, like a lot because they were in that era where I think you'd automatically see that, and they played Warp Tour and shit too, so you'd go, oh, like you know, neon band or whatever. But it's like they they sounded so different from other bands who had keyboards and shit at the time, you know, and you would not you would not expect it. You would think a lot more like oh, that man's probably going to sound like 303 or sound like, you know, this band. Then it's like, oh, shit, like, they don't sound like that at all. Which is funny, actually, because I saw I uh, 303 and Motion City Soundtrack both played a college, like, 40 minutes from my house, like, 10 years ago. (laughs) I went went to the show. Uh, Motion City Soundtrack played first, and then I called my mom to – I I couldn't drive at the time. I, I was in high school, and she had to come get me after and uh, I, I did not stay. Mom, I stayed for. Yeah, get me now. There's too much neon. It's too bright in this room. <laughs> too bright here. It's too fucking bright. I forgot my shutter shades. Um, <laughs> fucking, it, it's too bright, dude. I need my shutter shades. Oh shit. I I did catch a few 303 songs. She didn't get there fast enough, so I did have to sit through. Uh, my <laughs> my my mom was being a terrible parent. Made me uh, sit through. Through, uh, through probably like one <laughs> one third of a, a three hundred three set, but uh, yeah, that that was a weird. That's one of those weird colleges do that though. Colleges people talk about yeah. festival lineups being weird, but the one thing never gets talked about is those college one offs that like you know like whatever their party committee or like 
whatever it is we'll do yeah, where yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. they have a budget and we'll just get these they're just one-off shows but like they'll do like their fall campus like welcome back thing and they'll get like the weirdest fucking like lineups together to try to appease everyone oh. like it makes sense like in 2010 i get why they had motion city soundtrack in 303 and actually, I'm sorry, 2011 it was, as if that makes much, doesn't really make much uh, yeah, difference. Yeah, a difference. <laughs> but still, like, think of college kids in 2011. It's like, okay, that that makes sense. Obviously, those two aren't going to appease everyone at once, probably, but I'm going to say people in that room are going to like one or the other. Yeah. Like, uh, so, a uh, few years back when I was in a band, uh, we were, you know, trying to book shows out towards Chicago. And there was a venue we'd always book at, whatever we do. And so we get asked to play a show. We're like, yeah, sure, we'll play it. Like, what's the tour? And they're like, oh, well, we're still trying to solidify that. But the, like, some of the artists are, you know, getting the venues called up. We're like, okay, cool. Well, if it works for us, we'll play. And so, like, a month and a half or so comes, and all of a sudden we get the notification of what the show was, and it was Broken Side. <laughs> Hell yes, dude. <laughs> So oh, now we're getting neon, dude. We're getting neon as yeah. hell right this now. Is, this is like straight. This is crunk core, core. Dude. Yeah, dude. yeah. Did crunk core really and just come out of both our mouths at the same time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. I like not too long ago. Like it popped up on my Facebook memories of like me, like you know, sharing the posts and every post of me sharing like the flyers, like. Who's ready to get really weird at this show? But not like weird, like workaholics weird. Like like weird, like this is going to be kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you weren't joking. You were you were being quite literal. Yeah, and I, I I'll say this: I did not stay for them. Uh, <laughs> I definitely was at the venue, but I definitely left and they went off stage because it was just too weird and it was like kind of like you kind of jokingly brought up earlier when like our parents bands start playing like the county fairs and like the local like casinos oh yeah or like the little one-offs it was like broken side was like nothing and then they like announced a comeback and like they played all these like small like little you know dive bar like venues and we got put on this bill and i was just like oh my god what is what am, what is happening? The, this, this was not. Right this was not. You wouldn't say this was Crunk Core's golden years then. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that, this the is fact Crunk Core retirement have, like, the, home. The fact that they even have fifteen minutes is crazy. Because like, I think there was like a girl group called Millionaires. Dude, I was just about to bring up the Millionaires. I was just uh, about to bring them up. I mean, yeah, they were cute though. <laughs> Or they, I don't remember. Yeah, from what I remember, <laughs> I mean, I can't. I don't know the music. I can't imagine something I'd enjoy. But I do. They were they're very pretty. Crunk uh, core. I don't know what you call someone who dresses crunk core besides a fucking idiot. That, but, well, uh, that, was, that was like neon skinster who like started listening to like hip hop. Well, that was the weird thing. And actually, we can thank basically three hundred three's one. It's kind of like how Green Day is to thank how all those punk bands broke in like 94, how Green Day opened the door for all of them. 303 kind of opened the door for like, yeah, you're right. It's like we're we're this uh-huh. we're neon, but we also ironically like 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 I don't know, like uh, like hip hop. But it's like it's almost like you almost get that too where it's disingenuous. It's almost like a like smirk. It's like it's not like they're good at it or anything, but it's like we're going to add this element because it's weird or yeah. different. And it's yeah. like it sounds and like shit, but they'll just do it. 
But guess what? There's people out there that liked it. There's people out there that fucking loved it. And they'll look at us for liking bands like Propaganda or Blank or whatever and be like, you guys are fucking losers. Fucking posers. <laughs> fucking fucking chosers. There's not enough there is not enough neon yellow on that Hurley shirt. Actually that might be a bad example because I think Hurley kind of bought into yeah. that later. Okay, that was a terrible example. <laughs> uh just let's, let's just stick with glamour kills. Okay, yeah. I mean that that is that is a I mean that's that's as that's as neon as it uh as it gets. Pop music saved my life. <laughs> yes, dude. Hell yes, dude. <laughs> maybe wear a maybe wear a to write love on her arm shirt. Maybe one of those in there. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least they had a good message. I, I think they like gave money to like suicide yeah. prevention or something. But you know, they were exactly. they were of yep, that yep. they were of that era too. That was a you know, it's so funny because really, I don't think that it was the plan of this episode so much. But we've really <laughs> what we've ended up doing, I think, more than anything, less of talking about what really got us into music and more about how terrible um like pop punk music became for like five years like really how terrible like neon and crunk core and the millionaires and broken side <laughs> i mean this is we, we we literally went from just like oh punk influences to like what are the absolute worst things for punk yeah so one day i listened to op ivy it's the most amazing thing i ever heard well how can we switch that around how do we go from one of the greatest ska punk bands of all time where do we go from there i know let's go into crunk core because when i think of tim armstrong i fucking think of tim armstrong i think of fucking neon shutter shades i mean you know i I, grills. yeah fucking oh my god grills dude what am i thinking obviously grills and uh i mean tim might even if you haven't seen he has that uh, shaved head and has a spider web tattooed on it. I, I, it'd be cool if he got shutter shades tattooed on his uh, face, <laughs> so he could be crunk twenty four seven, dude. Oh yeah, dude, it would not be. You would now no longer have to uh, remember them at home. You could never leave. You'd no. never leave without them. You would have them at all times. You would. You would never not be crunk, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you would yeah, never not be yeah, crunk. Took, took the words right out of my mouth. Wait, dude. <laughs> okay. They have to redo the uh, chorus to Time Bomb. It's uh, it's like oh, no. neon pink shoes, neon oh, green god. Cadillac. The boys. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying oh, to. Oh my god. I'm trying to think of what colors it, it would be now, but they have to go back and like uh, pink, change Time pink Bomb. Pink shoes. Pink shoes. The, the, the no the purple purple hat. Maybe like, not a Cadillac. Lime, How about like a 2008 Honda Civic? A lime green. Honda Civic. Yeah, my mom's 2008 Honda Green Honda Civic. <laughs> she let me drive to fucking go see Broken Side in. See, we this has to be rewritten for. Uh, I was gonna say 2020, but I'm saying this like Neon is in now. We're talking about something that's been outdated for like a yeah. Now, now are we old fucks? I think we might be old fucks because de- because Neon has been like a butt of the joke for like 10 years. Like even in 2010, it was kind of like like some of this is like pushing it still being out there like even at that point it's kind of like jesus there's still bands and i just saw a thing literally yesterday two days ago that forever the sickest kids gonna try to come back (laughs) hell yes i looked them up not long ago i i liked their first record and i hadn't thought of them in a very long time and just kind of out of the same thing like you're talking about i'm like i wonder if they're still doing it 
and I looked it up and they were like, lo and behold, which yeah. I don't, I don't know. I guess if you're still doing it more power to you, it's like, if you, yeah. fucking, you know, like anyone who's in a band will tell you that if you can, if you can gain a following and continue to keep doing it, like that's cool. But it is, it's like, it's funny. Cause you're like, I just wasn't expecting it. Like I, not even in a demeaning way. I'm just like, I didn't think they were still a band. Yeah. And plus, I mean, county fairs are always packed with people. <laughs> well, you know what? Like it's really going to be now because before at least there was warp tour, but now that that's gone, you really, it's, yeah. it's really going to be yeah. the county fairs and casinos and shit. There ain't going to be a warp tour to go on like as a legacy band. It's going to be, it cruises too. I mean, we've already, to be honest, Part of it's that I'm not even shitting on it, but it's like look at like those warp tour cruises that they did and stuff. That is yeah, literally what you're cool. the, that is a casino or a county fair just for a younger audience. That's all that is. It's yeah. you listening. It's people who have had a couple kids and whatnot and are remembering the music that they listened to in high school. I mean, it's not it's not totally different from what those people were probably making fun of their in 2002. They were making fun of their father who was buying like a Guns N' Roses shirt that looked distressed <laughs> so it looked like it was from 1987 and it's like yeah but you're just like that, that was just him feeling the way that you did in that moment it's like you just become yeah. old and jaded everyone it happens yeah, to everyone Slash is not that good at guitar <laughs> yeah. I mean, Slash sucks he doesn't even doesn't even look cool he's got weird hair and a top hat <laughs> have you ever seen his eyes <laughs> what is this shit fucking welcome to the jungle this isn't fucking millionaires this isn't this isn't oh, fucking God. Where's the synth? There's no synth in this. <laughs> the fuck's the synth, oh, dude? No. Yeah, where's the fucking synth, dude? And then you get grounded as a <laughs> 22-year-old guy living at their house. Oh, shit. <laughs> For talking shit on Slash. We all become that, though. Slash slashes our slashes the fucking whoever it's played guitar. Claudio in Sanchez. Oh, oh shit, dude! Some coheed. There we go. You know what though? That's another one, dude. There's gonna be. You looked at like you brought up Jethro Tull, and I like Jethro Tull as well. But there's people going like, yeah, my dad likes this fairy ass music. They sing about fucking fairies and play lutes and shit. Like it's this bullshit. And it's like, dude, you listen to Coheed and Cambria. Like your kids are gonna say the same thing about you when you're mm-hmm. fucking like you know yeah. 43 listening to Welcome Home. Who's this? Who's this girl with crazy long hair and guitar singing in the band? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, dude! When they find who's, out, who's in here, Joser? <laughs> He's a fucking like, Joser, when dude. Was, when I was your age, this was like the coolest band ever. You know what? You know what's funny about that though? That is truly timeless. I think it will be just as shocking when they see a picture of him after he. If you hear him sing before you ever see him, I think it would shock yeah. people in thirty years as much as it did in like two thousand four, where you just go, "Oh, you I was not much- expecting that." You know how much it fucked me up when I saw Rush for the first time and, like, Getty Lee's not a girl? God, yeah, that is a good example of that. You're right. It's like, damn, dude, he does not sound like he looks at all. No, because no, I, I only heard songs. And then I they played, like, I don't know, like a Super Bowl halftime show or something. Or they got... I don't remember what it was. I saw them live. I'm yeah, like, they did that. I think the, I think you're remembering. Where's the girl? Yeah, like, <laughs> where, are you kidding me? <laughs> where's the chick singer? Yeah, who's this guy? Dude, the performance I think you're remembering is at the 2009 uh, Super Bowl where they did that. Uh, where they did that famous collaboration 
with a 303 and uh, it was Russian 303 doing Don't Trust Me. That's right. Yeah, like you, right. you don't remember that him. You don't remember Getty Lee singing, <laughs> singing Don't Trust Us. Yeah, remember? you know what? I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying you got a shitty memory, but I mean that's you don't forget that, man. That's like people. That's like people who saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and can like remember when it happened. And yeah, like they remember right? watching the fucking Beatles on there, or like someone remembering like Elvis on TV for the first time. It's the same thing. It's our generation when when Rush and Three O Three did that beautiful rendition. Really, a lot of people said it mended a nation. A lot of people said that the nation <laughs> the nation was really mended after uh, after that collaboration. It's it's something that. I really feel like we need now, too. I mean, really, just to bring yeah. us all together is we need Rush and three hundred three to 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 really just come back and bring bring the same the same energy and love that they brought in that two thousand nine yeah. uh, Super Bowl performance. And you know what? We'll add some flair. We'll put Hollywood Undead in there too. <laughs> Dude, how did we forget Hollywood Undead? How did we talk about Crunk Core? Because, okay, now that's a whole nother... Dude, now, this is going to be a five-hour podcast because Hollywood Undead goes down another rabbit hole where they're not really neon, like, they're not neon pop punk. They're crunk core, no. but they're actually heavier. Like, they're actually, like, the crunk core that I'm talking about where, like, the millionaires, it's almost like they ironically, like, add the hip-hop element. Like, Hollywood Undead actually were, like, hip-hop. You know what I mean? Like, they really were yeah. this odd hybrid of, like neon but also like kind of more legitimately like hip-hop like yeah. very very odd like kind of somewhere more in the realms in between they exist somewhere in between lincoln park and the millionaires i would say somewhere in between those two things like hollywood <laughs> undead um exists that's that's that. another one i'm waiting oh, for them to have their own cruise they're a band like oh, geez. the Hollywood Undead cruise, dude. Only Josers not allowed. No Josers on that one, dude. <laughs> You're Josers, stay the fuck home. <laughs> there's no room. There's no room for Josers on that ship, dude. No, we'll, we'll, put them on the, we'll, put, we'll put them on the other boat. Yeah. The yeah. fucking Titanic, we'll, dude. It's, if you're a Joser, yeah. <laughs> the only boat we got is the Titanic. This is. Let's see here. Oh, we'll put like. Uh, let's see here. What are you gonna Joser band. <laughs> oh no! Oh no, dude. We're we gonna throw. No, no, we're just no, gonna no. throw bands under the bus like that. Start, start labeling them Josers. You know, you know what? He probably won't listen to this ever. So I'm just gonna say the band name is the Joe. We'll, we'll throw Benson on the, the Joe. Oh shit, boat. dude! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I love that. Oh no! No one knows who they are. Good. Yeah, I love. I love that. Even even your reference of who you're talking to. I know exactly the band and who you're talking about, and nobody else listening to this knows yep. exactly what you just said. Nope. <laughs> I like that. I like that, dude. Benson, you know what? Go listen to Ben. If you guys want a good Joser band. <laughs> Now it just sounds weird because actually I like Benson too, but we'll, we'll, I guess they're a Joser band, dude. I mean, it, they are what they are. They are what they are. But if you people want to hear a good Joser band, go listen to Benson. Benson, Benson's fucking good. It's like, it's like uh, Motion City soundtracks. Like, 
younger brother that really wanted to be as cool as his older brother. But, but ended up, <laughs> wait, are, are you trying to say that Benson tried being as cool as Motion City Sound, their older brother Motion City Soundtrack, but ended up being more like a Joser? I think that's what you. Yeah, I think you just explained. Yeah. I think you just explained what makes someone a Joser. And you're like, well, they try to be this guy, but they're not really, and they're like a bad version of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you they're just like, described uh, a Joser, dude. There we go. Which is weird because once again, Benson's not bad. Go check out Benson. They're just no, a Joser band. No. <laughs> they are now. The chick on that cover, she might be a Joser. I don't. I don't know. Oh, dude, my uh, my. The band that oh wait, which they have two different covers. They had the one with the uh, with the gun, like the, the blue dark gun. Yeah, yeah, that one. My my band's last EP, I actually like loosely based our cover of that EP off of Benson Xavier Marsh. Oh hell yeah, dude! I no joke. I had it in my head. I'm like, what can I do to change it? Okay, I'll get a little kid with a slingshot. <laughs> oh, I like you know what I like that though because I feel like that's more influence. I don't feel like that's such a direct ripoff. That's more like an no, influence. it was. It was literally just like, oh man, like that album was album cover was so cool. I wish I could do something like that. And then once I got into a band and we started doing an EP, we're like, okay, what's the cover? And no one said anything, and I was like, oh, my time to shine. <laughs> oh shit! You know what? I can't tell you if it is or not. I don't want to throw you under the bus. But I think if anyone's listening at this at this point, if you're still listening to a shit talk, uh, neon and, and and all that, is it a Joser move that Kyle did that? We have to Ooh. know now because I can't Ooh. call you in good conscience, dude. I can't conscience, whatever word I'm trying to say. I can't sit here and tell you that that was a Joser move, but other people can. Hit us up, oh, power yeah, cord, fucking powercordhour at gmail dot com. Kyle, yeah. Ripping, which the other thing is, if you said Benson was a Joser band, is it Joser <laughs> to try to rip off? Is it jo- Is it extra Joser if you're ripping off oh, a jo- a band that was already Joser? You know what I mean? Like, like if no, you're if you're a pop punk band oh, trying man. to rip off a pop punk band, are you a pop pop punk band? Like, like it, it something doubles there, right? Or am I just bad at math? Uh, it's a uh, c- c- copy and paste. <laughs> That's some Joser shit, dude. That's some, yeah, that's, some, <laughs> that's the greatest oh, no. thing to come out no. of this, dude. If nothing, if nothing I need, else, I need to get my punk credentials back. Dog, you need them punk. You need some punk points, dude. Because yeah, you're looking, dude. you're looking you know hella Joser, hey. dude. Yeah. Okay. Guess guess what? Check this out. Oh no. Uh, there's 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 these two sick bands that back in the day from Chicago that. If these bands never existed, Fall Out Boy would have never blown up like they were. They were five oh four plan and knockout. Fuck yeah, dude, knockout, man. Not, I tell people constantly, I go, "Do you like take this to your grave? Do you want to hear an album so, that so, sounds so, just so like it, but ju- like just oh, as so good? Do? Yeah, that like go listen to what is it? Searching for a common ground. I want to say the name of the album, something like that. Yeah, like like just, mm-hmm. like if you like Fall Out Boy and you like that era, you have to yeah. go listen to that record. You have to. Yeah. Oh my god. Which, funny enough, Patrick so Stump good. does harmonies on it. Patrick's on there, but like, you could, you could honestly like that. Like that had to be a band like in the LimeWare or the fucking uh, LimeWire era, where people were mistakenly About, yeah. thinking that they were downloading Fallout Boy B sides. Like there had to be people out there who heard some of those songs and went, "This must be like an unreleased, take this to your grave track." Had to. Yeah. 
God, dude, that album is so good. That album, that is not a Joser album, I would say. Not a no. Joser album at all. 504 Plan, I have not listened to enough. My boy, or both our boy, uh, Ryan, um, from fucking Chicago, uh, Postscript, Fakey Fakey, all them bands. He, I've yeah, seen yeah. him. I've seen him mention. He's talked about 504, so I know them from him. But honestly, I've never. He might have even played them for me once or twice when we were hanging out in Chicago. But I don't know them well enough to say Knockout. I fucking love. I, I've loved Knockout for like a dude, decade now. Dude, yeah. Next time you come out to Chicago, like we'll have a big Joser pop punk party. <laughs> Hell yeah, spot. dude. Ryan Rizzo, not a Joser. Not, not a, a Joser. We will say any... he's not here to defend himself. We'll say not a Joser. Yeah. We'll even we'll even say yeah. he's not on this episode. But uh, Zach, our bu- our buddy Zach, I don't think he's a Joser. I don't I don't want to say he's a Joser. I don't know. The verdict's out. But I'm not gonna sit I... here and throw my friend under that bus. I will not, <laughs> with a clear head, call him a Joser. I cannot do that. And be able to sleep at night. I need to be able to sleep. If I can't sleep at night or kiss my kids on the forehead before I take them to school every day, I can't I can't call someone a Joser unless I can do both those things. I uh I I I'm I'm undecided on that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hit us up, people. Power quarter. You know what? I'm throwing everyone but myself on trial. You need to hit me up, powercordhourgmail.com. Am I a Joser? Is Kyle a Joser? If you know Zach, is he a Joser? I mean are are is Ryan Rizzo a Joser. Like, please let me. <laughs> what if all of a sudden just a bunch of random people start emailing me who somehow know, like, not like Ryan's not a Joser? Like, no, why would you ever say that? Like, how dare you? Yeah, right. Like, but we need to know because once again, it's kind of like one of those things where, like, you know, I feel like you really, like, inside your heart of hearts, you know if you're a poser, if you're really punk or not. But still, I want to know the general consensus. What does, what does society, how does society look at us? Because there is still that part of it where maybe in my heart I don't feel like a Joser, but hey, I'm not gonna feel great if 50 people email me and go, "Motherfucker, you're a Joser, dude. Like you're one. Oh yeah, you're I'll, 100 Joser." Yeah, I'll if if anyone calls me out as a, as a Joser, like you know what, that, that, so be it. That, that's what you think. That's what you think. I might not be able to change your mind, but you know what. I'm on the show and you're not. <laughs> I don't, I don't, dude. See, you, you got a thicker skin than me. I mean, if I got, if enough people start calling me a Joser, I might be packing up shop here. You're going to, because there's going to be a lot of reruns coming up. It ain't going to be, I'm going to be, anytime I get by a microphone, I'm going to start crying and I'm, not thinking I'm good enough. I'm like, a lot of repeats. There's going to be a lot of fucking yeah, reruns being played. I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll do the rerun intros. Like, <laughs> welcome to the Power Chord Hour Classics. Anthony's not this here again. He's recorded. still crying. Yeah, this episode was recorded uh, three weeks ago. <laughs> it's such a classic. It's a fucking three weeks ago, or also fucking. Uh, oh, what would it be called? Not not BC. I guess BJ before before he knew he was what? a Joser. <laughs> yeah, that sounded weird. Well, no, there's like BJ and AJ, like before Joser and after Joser. This episode was BJ before he knew he was a Joser. It's like, oh yeah, like he was so much better. I I can't get past this now. Now I'm just saying BJ, and I know that we're that it's just I've destroyed it. I've I've destroyed my beautiful pure pure whatever I was trying to do. We'll work it out. We'll figure it out. We'll fucking try. But dude, I guess I guess it's probably a better 
or, or a good a good place than any to kind of uh close out but i mean we're and we're just gonna close i think we're gonna close right on this like i'm not even gonna do a fucking outro after our talk like i want this to be the outro to this episode so i mean as we're closing up dude i mean i don't know if you have any shit to promote or anything you want to fucking any closing statements whatever you got if you want to just say you're not a joser um whatever you want dude i mean now's now's your time say it or forever hold your peace or at least until the next time you're on this podcast which i'm sure will be sometime soon uh fuck it posers no <laughs> oh yes dude. no no, no. <laughs> i'm high-fiving no, you um, through the phone yeah. right now yes no but realistically like the only thing i'll say is like just be cool and you know Go off, go off of your own beaten path every once in a while. Hell yeah, that you you not even every once in a while. You should always do that because a sign of someone who's not a joser is someone who does it their own way, not someone who goes, "Is this what fucking is my shirt neon enough, or is my fucking hair pointy <laughs> enough? Like, are my pants tight enough? Like, can like is my dick outline like Art. like you know what I mean? Like it like that's joser shit, Art. dude." Are my hello goodbye uh, peace sign shorts high enough? <laughs> oh hell yes, dude! The, those those are those are coochie cutters, dude. But dudes <laughs> wearing them. But dudes wearing them, which is fucking hilarious. The I think, boxers. Are I think I've worn out the bottom of them, dude. I I have. It's funny because I was wearing some shorts today from uh, the band Forever Came Calling, and this was years after the fucking Ooh, wow. the, the the coochie cutter shorts, but were a thing but these are like the next step of that where like they're really short where sometimes i'm like fuck dude am i showing too much legs in these like these shorts <laughs> are really like fuck dude like i don't know i'm really showing off the goods in these like fuck. As, as, as long as as long as you think you're safe with the <laughs> testicle not falling out i don't know safe. see that's the thing i mean you know fucking if i'm um, stressed you know if i start making movements or something like i don't know like that's a thing that could happen See, that's why I just stick it, you know, I keep it early 2000s, dicky shorts, always below the knees, never have to worry. I let, you know what, dude, that is, that is the best way to go. It, there's some mystery there and it's, you're definitely not a Joser. I would definitely not call you a Joser if I saw you wearing those, including nowadays. Oh, yeah. Cause it's like, there was a time where everyone was wearing them, but dude, if you're sporting the baggy dickies now. That ain't Joser dude, shit. I'm still that's, doing it. that's beat of your own drum, dude. That's beat of your own goddamn drum. That ain't Joe's or shit go. at all. To close, no. that's how we close out this episode. You know, wearing Dickies shorts is not Joe's or shit. And uh, email us powercordhour@gmail.com. Let us know if we're Joe'sers. While you're there, I got free fucking Power Chord Hour stickers and guitar picks. And if you've listened to almost three hours of this, and this will go up unedited as fucking, if you oh listen to this for three hours. You deserve some free uh, stickers and guitar picks. So hit me up, PowerCordHour at gmail.com. Fucking follow us at PowerCordHour on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good shit. Check out the radio show every Friday night at 10 Eastern on uh, 107.9 WFA. And that's it, folks. That is that is us honestly starting to talk about our, our, our roots in uh, punk rock and ended with a real revolution of us really – there just wasn't a strong enough word before because there was always posers and there was always jabronis, but there was never a word that was strong enough to describe someone who's simultaneously being both of those things. There was a need for the word 
and we fulfilled that need. That's all I can say. History making. Yes, folks, you are listening to history right now. Like people are gonna, because a lot of people, you know, it's twenty twenty, but like coronavirus cannot. Coronavirus is obvious. Is, obvious, is honestly a joser. COVID nineteen is oh, a fucking oh. joser, dude. Is twenty twenty in it of itself a joser? Yeah, you know what? Twenty twenty might be a joser, dude. Twenty twenty as a year might be a fucking joser. Fuck it, twenty twenty. God damn, dude. That's that's how we that's how we end this. Fucking talking to my buddy uh uh fucking Kyle Steven here. Getting into being punk as hell, dude. You know, we both said in the beginning of, of the episode, but we'll we'll leave you on that. We are both punk as fuck. We are not Josers that we know of. We don't feel it in our hearts. We are not Josers. We're punk as fuck, dude. And uh, I don't know. That's that's this fucking episode. So uh, thank you, thank you for checking it out. And I mean, if you've listened this long, you're definitely not a Joser either. I mean, can we we can agree on that, right, dude? Like, if anyone's yeah. listening to us oh. right now, you're not a Joser. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to us ramble about a neon for an hour and a half or whatever, then uh. You're cool in my book. Yeah. I mean, the only exception to that is if instead you turn this on and are just scrubbing through the whole thing going, these dickheads are still taught. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like they're just, they're just jumping through and they're like, Jesus Christ, it's hour three. And they're still talking about Josers. My God. God, God, they haven't even talked about like one freaking album by like social distortion or like, Screeching Weasel. It's just all holy shit, dude. Three hundred three and Maroon Five. I didn't even think of that. Okay, and then really we will close <laughs> up shop here. But how funny is it that I didn't even think of that? We originally were gonna. We ended up talking more about the millionaires than we did <laughs> social distortion. <laughs> Oh no! I don't. You know what, dude? Dude, we may be getting people might be hitting us up with the fucking Joser label because the more I'm thinking about it, dude, we talked with this show. This episode was supposed to be our influences and what got us into punk, and we talked more about the millionaires than we did (laughs) than we did social distortion. Oh no! I I think I referenced the the hit song "Shake It" more than I did "Ball and Chain." (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll have to do. There'll we'll have to be a part two with a little bit like more in depth, uh, like in analytics. I don't know. I'm I'm losing my. It, it, it's good, dude. We're about to hit hour three. I feel like I feel like this is as good as it gets, folks. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. And by God, please, for the fucking love of God, do not be a joser. Yeah.